0: Forever,
1: dog. Bye, bye, Birdie. Mm-hmm. But it's about Doctor Conrad Murray. We love you, Conrad. Oh, yes, we do.
2: We won't take the pills you s- tell us to. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> if we can't sleep, we're
2: <laughs> we're, we're <going>. through.
1: <laughs> <Do> we? <laughs>
2: we love you, Conrad. Oh, yes, we do.
1: Bye bye, Murray. You're going to jail today. a teacher in college not to brag and he said that he always did this thing at parties at his house where he would fill his medicine cabinet with ping pong balls so whenever somebody would snoop <laughs> is that such a great idea
2: We gotta get him on the show
1: <laughs> so you'd open the medicine cabinet and be like hmm like what meds are you taking and all of a sudden you'd be delusional, and you'd have to like look at yourself in the mirror afterwards
2: it's so weird with like medicine cabinets where it's like what do you think you're going to find other than, oh, they're depressed, oh, they have a rash, oh, they have, like...
1: Yeah, I could have told you that. They, people already know that about me if they're coming over. To, if I know them well enough to come over to my house, they know that I'm depressed and have a rash.
2: Well, let me just say this, first of all. Julie Klausner, co-host of Double Threat, the show you're listening to right now. Woo! All right. Um,
1: it's also, I heard a baby scream in the back. Yeah, I'll be
2: back in a second, guys.
1: <laughs> you were like, woo! The baby's like, ah! Oh no! Yeah. He's going. He, he's he's signing going. off. Tom.
2: He left. Look at that.
1: You know what? Good for him. Yeah, no. Finally, a good.
2: <laughs> Finally, a, uh, a parent prioritizing a, a child over a podcast. It had to happen
1: one of these days. Who would have thunk it?
2: People with a medicine cat. Oh, like oh, you'll never guess uh, mm. That uh, Tom. Genie takes Advil. Uh, yeah. Tom has. Uh, yeah. They take. They take Advil in their house not in a leave bottle to uh, within a a mile of their house. People can't help
1: but snoop. They're in the bathroom. They've got privacy.
2: I I never snoop. snoop. I never snoop. Never oh, ever.
1: Oh, look at me! I'm Tom shopping. I just, yeah, well, I do look all at, Okay, of, then look I at do, me. Yeah, here we go. I, I'm a straight A student, and I do. Look at me! I don't go
2: through people's shit do. when they're and not. And I don't do anything <laughs> I'm
1: not supposed to do, like mm. opening someone's medicine cabinet and stealing their Xanax mm-hmm. for later, or yeah. maybe right now, because I brought my own dollar bill, and looky, looky, yeah. it's rolled up already. Like,
2: and then suddenly, here I'm like.
1: But hey,
2: You sure there was Xanax in that bottle in your, uh, I don't feel so good.
1: No, it was baking powder, April 4th, asshole.
2: <clears throat> what if you put, you just like, yeah, it's rat poison. Like you just announced.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I put rat, by the way, I put rat poison in that, uh.
1: Well, what I would do is I would stop, I'd be DJing a sick set.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: As you know, I love having house parties mm-hmm. and I also love house music.
2: Oh, I know your love of house music and house parties. Uh, it goes without saying, but we can say it.
1: So, I'll be doing a sick DJ set and then I'll stop and I'll say, There was rap poison in Xanax, and then I hit play, and then the music goes, Y'all ready for this?
2: Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm doing a pretty sick DJ set tonight. I got a pretty sweet mix. I'm going to go from Subterranean Homesick Blues right into mm-hmm. It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel what? Fine.
1: That's It's going to really up. it's going to
2: blow people's minds when they're just like, "Oh, you think that you think that uh R.E.M's the only group that did a song like that?" Well, Bob Dylan did it earlier, or vice versa. People be like, Oh, you think Bob Dylan's the only one who could do a thing like that? These these young uh, these youngsters coming up from behind, like REM, they yeah. did one too.
1: Uh huh. And then uh-huh. people would
2: be like, well, and then David Crosby uh, would be like,
1: "That's the kind of rap music I like." I have a couple. I have a couple of questions about. I was thinking about this earlier this week about David Crosby and like how much we know about his body. Because hasn't he had more than one liver transplant? Is this true or false? Um,
2: I think he, I I don't know. I know he had at least one,
1: but he has has had at least one. Mm -hmm. And then we know that when Melissa Etheridge was looking to reproduce, Mm -hmm. what choice do you think he was like when they were like, do you think he was the first choice when they were looking for donations?
2: I think there might've been a, wait, whose was that?
1: That was, oh, Cros- no. remember?
2: Yeah, no, but I think that in their household, they were like.
1: Uh-huh. They were like, oh, we thought it was David Bowie. Yeah. We were asking David Bowie.
2: Or David anyone, anyone named David.
1: David Cross. They could David- have thought it was David Cross.
2: David Koresh would have been better
1: they <laughs> they David were like, They were like, David Cross be available. Let's ask yeah. him.
2: And then they're just like, wait, David Crosby. Oh, wait, David Crosby. Oh, no.
1: Too late. I'm pregnant.
2: Kid comes out with a mustache. All right, I'm back. Brett was probably a huge Pearl Jam fan, don't you think? Doesn't he look like a Pearl Jam fan? Don't you picture him being like, when when Pearl Jam's doing that one song where they're like, mm, Don't call me daughter, daughter. not there to... Hard the R's on that. Re- Eddie,
1: Eddie v- Hard R's from Eddie Vedder.
2: Eddie Vedder went to the Don Rickles concert with a robot.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Those are my vocal warm up.
1: Or I was going to say we're making an AI version of you like so slowly.
2: Eddie Vedder went to uh, the department store with Don Rickles.
1: Eddie Vedder revelled in ravishing his Rolos.
2: Eddie Vedder on, on gave Hashanah, Rolos for Halloween.
1: Or
3: Hollow for... <laughs>
2: <laughs> Eddie Vedder gave out. Eddie Vedder gave out Snickers on Halloween. <laughs> My vocal warm up. Eddie Vedder gave fruit roll ups on Halloween to trick or treaters. <laughs>
0: A
1: costumer held a laser to Eddie Vedder, asking him for lettuce, (laughs) butterfingers.
2: Eddie Vedder gave lettuce and fruit roll-ups to trick-or-treaters on Halloween evening.
1: Eddie Vedder on mischief night bought toilet paper.
2: Man, I miss mischief night.
1: Every night's mischief knife. If you're a naughty Nancy, oh,
2: I know about that, but I uh,
1: which is why I'd like to invite you to my burlesque show. Oh,
2: goody, can I bring everyone I know (laughs) to it? Well,
1: everyone you know loves burlesque, so obviously, yeah. Well, I
2: mean, I run in the burlesque community, yeah, you know
1: that. It's just me on stage doing goblet squats, (laughs) okay. uh, Uh, Julie Klausner
2: did goblet squats at her burlesque show on Halloween Eve.
0: (laughs) This
1: is what I do. I put on an episode of Curb. Great. Curb. Eddie Eddie Vedder is guest starring on Curb this season as himself. (laughs)
2: Eddie Vedder portrayed a janitor on "Curb Your Enthusiasm" season forty-four. <laughs> I bet you they go to season forty on that thing. Like there he,
1: is where... absolutely mm-hmm. no way that show mm-hmm. does not outlive me. Yeah, no, and because... I'm not just saying that because I eat like a garbage disposal.
2: And he was like, I like when Larry David was like. I can't do any more of these. Uh, why do people Please. ask me if I do more? Fine, I'll do more. And then now everybody's just Please. like, hey, you're still making those things, huh? And now they're, each episode is 55 minutes long.
1: Try to stop Larry David from making more curbs. You know who was on the season premiere? Laura Keitlinger.
2: Laura Kightlinger. Laura
1: Kightlinger gave Snickers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Eddie Vedder trick-or-treated at Laura Kitlinger's.
1: Before they watched The Bachelor
2: Those are our vocal warm-ups for the show That's how we get into each episode Now, Brett, you were a Pearl Jam fan, weren't you?
4: True or false? Nah, yeah, you know, I... I uh... Yeah, I, I liked, I mean, I think that was more a band that I sort of pretended to like in that phase where I'm trying to like appear as uh, sort of normal as possible, that, that phase sure. phase of adolescence. So mm-hmm. I can't say I ever like was in my room just like deep into Pearl Jam, but it was certainly a band that I like acquaint myself with so that I could, you know, mm-hmm. have something to say, at, at you know, in the cafeteria.
2: So you weren't in your room being like, I'm like stone gossard. Me and Stone Gossard get it. No one else understands us. That's
1: the guy the guy in Pearl Jam's name Stone. That sounds like a a new I'm Stone Gossard. Today's leading yeah. story. This uh, is it's El yeah. it's El Nino. El yeah. Nino's hitting us harder than ever, and Watergate's beating <laughs> up. Or no, not Watergate, Whitewater, sorry. Hmm. <laughs> 90s, the 90s, the 90s.
2: The Action 5 news team, I'm Stone Gossard with sports. <laughs> Who else would be? Who else is in Pearl Jam? Uh, uh, Jeff Ament. Jeff
4: Ament. Yes. Jeff Ament. All the the Mother Love Bone. uh, uh, Yeah. uh,
2: Guys. Yeah, some of us call them the Green River guys, but that just shows that we. Was uh, the
1: Green River Killer in there in that band?
2: uh, He was. He played congas. (laughs) Like hey uh, Any chance to get another conga solo in there Uh, uh, Band's kind of Moving away from the congas Hey you don't keep my hands busy You don't know what might happen Better keep my hands busy I might start killing people
1: Oh GRK they called him Grok
2: I want to say this Julie Klauser first of all your hair is so On point today
1: And your makeup
2: is stellar
1: Thank you. But
2: what else is new? Water um, is wet and Julie looks great.
1: And That's you all people need to know. Have been looking better than ever with your patterned <laughs> shirts and your slim physique and well, your, your sweet short as... and your haircuts are terrific. And I just I just love looking at you and listening to you and being my oh, friend. This is the nicest thing I ever I couldn't heard. Couldn't be more I couldn't be more blessed.
2: You don't know that you don't know. I'm going to reveal Julie a thing. I don't want to reveal it on a double threat. I'm going to reveal it on the old best show. I started something in the month of October that I did tell Brett about when I picked up a box from his house. God help me. I got the exclusive. I'm in the middle of a thing. I'll tell you, but we can cut it out. Mm -hmm. I declared to myself, uh, because there's three months, October, November, December, before the end of the year. I said to myself, what if I walked a million steps, one million steps on my stupid phone app thing? Right. I was like, what would it take for three months to hit a million steps? Julie, I'm walking like you've never seen Ratso Rizzo didn't walk here as much as I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Ratso Rizzo dreams of walking here. The amount I'm walking here, a Christopher walking doesn't do as much. I'm more walking than Christopher walking at this point. Let's leave this in the show. Let's just announce it on double threat. Why not? I'm, it breaks down to having to hit, it was like 11,500 steps a day to hit this goal. And I started October and immediately fell behind right off the, like October 1st, I was like 178 steps and I'm just like, Oh, and, but then I did the math and figured it out. And now I'm trying to catch up and I'm, I'm walking a lot and boy, are my legs tired. I walk six miles a day trying to hit this goal. Why am I trying to hit this goal for myself, just for myself, mental illness on display, a weird, impossible challenge that I embrace like it has to happen otherwise or else. And here I am being like, well, it's six in the morning. Let me walk. Mm -hmm. So I'm basically, I'm saying help. That's what I'm saying. Please help me.
1: And welcome to the ventriloquism episode of Double Threat.
4: <laughs> well, I can vouch for when, when Tom picked up his ventriloquist dummy from my house, which is still in its box. Uh, neither, neither you, neither Julie or Tom have seen their ventriloquist dummies yet. Um, he, uh, I, he's doing this for real. I tried to give him some tips for gaming the system, you know, maybe ways of like kind of cheating the steps counter. Uh, and he, he wasn't having any of that. He said, no, I'm doing this for real.
2: He told um, me to strap my phone to a dog
1: oh brett he's Stop. like just
2: i thought i was helping him out i thought it was just- he's like strap it to a dog then go <laughs> get a got, pork they've chop they've got
1: four they've got every two steps you take they take four They take
2: four yeah this is my thinking he said no way i don't know what i'm doing julie i'm i'm confused i'm lost and i'm making, and i don't know why counting the steps as I go on my walk as Tom, Tom goes and drags walks across steps America the
1: million miles
2: if I could walk, walk one, one million, million steps.
1: steps and I could walk one million more then we'd meet at the bottom of the ocean if I Please. tracked it out with Google Maps
2: <laughs> let's just keep walking right into the ocean. That's probably how it's going to go anyway.
1: Well, go east if you are going to go. If there is some cross-country action.
2: That would be a good way to get me to walk those, to get the proclaimers to sing that song behind me. That will keep me those moving. Two, those,
1: those two guys. What if there was uh, No when Country for up? Old Men, but mm. instead of Anton Churga, it's just, just those two guys that show oh up. Oh, my
2: God. No Country for Old Men with the proclaimers instead of Anton instead Churga. Of
1: Anton Churga. Like... When I so wake up,
2: run. So, get out so much of here.
1: scarier, right?
2: Suddenly, so you hear. Suddenly, Call Anton Churga runs it. by you. He Call runs. It. He. You're 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 sitting there. Yep. You see Anton Churga run, yep. and you're like, "What's he running from?" That's the guy we all run from. If yeah. that if the guy we run from is running, who's coming? And all of
1: you
2: hear. Yeah, and suddenly.
1: Yumba, 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 da, da, da. Is he
2: running from the Proclaimers?
1: hmm
2: The Proclaimers went with Eddie Vedder.
1: <laughs> to chase after Anton Sugar
2: To the Bank of America. Um, no, today oh, on Double boy. Threat, boy, oh boy, we got an exciting one. This is, this is a truly momentous episode. This is one oh, for the, oh, this boy. is
1: one for the Vols. Wait, let me look at, uh, Brett, did you send us a little uh, schedule of events? Let me see if I can look at the little...
4: Yeah, basically, I can give you a preview right now. Yeah. Schedule of events is... Um, we, uh, th- th- we're we doing an episode today all about ventriloquism, all about the fine art of ventriloquism. This is something that's come up on the show before, uh, and we're really going to get into it today. Um, the main event, which will happen later, is that Tom and Julie are going to unbox their very own ventriloquist dummies, uh, which uh, uh, has been a long time coming, uh, but they both got dummies in boxes. They're going to unbox them uh, live on Double Threat today. Um, We'll also talk a little bit about ventriloquism, the history of it, watch some clips uh and uh we have some some guests joining us from the world of ventriloquism I mean this is very big uh in a little bit uh um uh Terry Fader one of the biggest ventriloquists on the planet I would say the biggest. The, the, biggest. The, biggest. Biggest. the biggest the biggest, biggest ventriloquist on the planet uh mm. he's got a Vegas residency if you go to Las Vegas you see his uh, face on billboards up there next to Cher and uh, and Celine Dion and gaga and everybody else uh Terry Fader Las Vegas of uh, ventriloquist is gonna join I went us to
1: one of those shows at, at, when I was in Las Vegas Vegas where it was like topless like ooh la la you know Mm -hmm. one of those reviews sure but then in between like uh in between showgirls uh you know with their knockers out there was just like couples dancing to tea for two just things that were so clearly in the public domain they were doing these like and then the uh the Were the, you in the, the
2: shining all of a sudden?
1: <laughs> it, was it was like great party, isn't it? There was definitely that vibe. And the biggest cup holders I've ever seen. They were just very clearly like, if you have a bucket of liquor, you might enjoy this.
2: If you have a bucket of liquor, you might enjoy this
4: show.
1: Should we mention Dumbstruck?
4: Uh, yeah, so uh, there's this great documentary all about ventriloquism that that Julie um, uh, introduced us to called "Dumbstruck." I w- I was just blown away by it. This is one of the it really Brett's the,
1: not interested in sliders anymore after this documentary.
4: I don't know how I can. I mean, I would love to be interested in both, but my love of of, of ventriloquism after this week, I don't know how. Actually, it can I think compete. I may have
1: broken a rule. I think we decided after next week sliders we can't. Right, Tom?
2: Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about sliders anymore. I've decided. There, there's a sliders ban on Brett, the show Brett,
1: we actually had an offline conversation anybody
2: mentioned sliders they they are fined five hundred dollars
1: yeah uh, it's like a swear it's like a swear jar
2: yeah it's a slider jar we
4: call although,
1: it although although did you get your steel toe boots
4: uh, not not yet, but but I I noticed that Death on his on his Instagram story he asked me he tagged me and asked me if I'd gotten them yet. So I think I so mean I'm look, the
1: second person after. So I'm basically you're saying Death scooped me.
4: Mm-hmm. I just wanted to brag that Death had tagged me. I mean it's kind of a, that was like a real bucket list moment for me. It was getting tagged in a sliders. Tom, um, were we posts. used
1: so bread could make friends?
2: A real bucket list moment. Just let, let but- that sink in for a so. Let's not power past that. He was saying the this moment was getting tagged in a tweet by death, one of the sliders.
1: I've been waiting to be tagged by death for years now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I'm ready. I've seen enough.
4: So I'm not allowed to talk about sliders anymore on, on the show. I mean, can, can, does this conversation count? Can I leave this in?
2: No, you owe us each $500. <laughs> oh yeah we should have told you that that and you mentioned it three times so you owe us each fifteen hundred dollars all right i'll take it out of your out of the uh i'll, I'll take I, it out of your
0: <laughs> what
1: Yeah, what is the end of that sentence yeah no, let's, let's
2: not power past the yeah i'll
1: take what it out of your... were you about to continue saying
4: yeah what are you going to take it out of I mean, Tom's in the hole to me still for about three million. I think coming out of the, uh, Brett, the playoffs last year.
2: Last time I checked,
1: <laughs> that's for his baby. I your thought, child. Tom.
2: Your child got a check for thirty-seven million dollars. You figure you'd waive the three million I owe you. <laughs> that's made out to him, though. Well, pay it
4: forward. That's true. I guess I'll have to endorse that over to myself.
2: That's true. I guess I got to write Brett a check for three million bucks. Look, I'll, I'll
4: put I'll put sliders back as a will just I'll just shift that back to a private thing. I won't I won't bring that into the public space anymore. But the good news no, no, is, no, it's no. It's We're, a,
1: you know, it'd be really cute, though, would be little booties with like like steel toe booties for your kid. That would be cute. That's a fantastic
4: idea. Yeah As
1: a little I mean, it might be a little late for a Halloween costume, mm. but
4: well, it doesn't have to be for yeah. That can be a year round. You know, sliders is a 365, 24, 7 kind of a thing.
2: You dun, know, I mean, dun 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 dun. Baby's a slider, gonna slide across the driveway, sliding all over, try to get away from daddy, baby goes sliding. That's a tribute to Brian Eno. Thank you, Brian, for everything you've done for all of us. Look, it's a big world. There's a
4: lot to be excited about. If you didn't, if the Sliders episode didn't resonate with you, that's fine. That's on me. But if it, but this week we got something equally exciting, maybe more exciting, which is now, maybe, how, yeah, maybe definitely more, exciting.
1: more exciting. This is like, a, this is an ancient popular art. This is not like some
2: maybe more exciting.
1: How did we get started on ventriloquism? Was it Dennis Quaid? Like, what was the original? Do you guys remember?
2: I just feel like it's always in the air yeah there there's that dennis
4: quaid centric episode uh we've got your cat's ventriloquist dummy i think that's episode twenty one uh where it might have originally come up but it's definitely been a a long time recurring topic of conversation on double Threat. we're always well, thinking I'm, about i'm puppets. very
1: interested in in i'm interested in ventriloquism i'm interested in uh magic mhm fuck juggling
2: no juggling juggling is like uh the equivalent of going to an all- you can eat buffet and loading up on soup It's just like why? hmm go to the all- you can eat buffet, come back to the table. everybody comes back with their plate. Oh, I got some pasta and some some uh other some salmon and some little thing and I come back I got soup.
1: Have you what? ever been in a situation like a social situation where someone just started juggling around you?
2: Oh, I couldn't it's, imagine.
1: It's horrible. It's more invasive than someone pulling out an acoustic guitar without consent and just strumming. Although Tom and I were in a room, a writer's room once when there was a guy who just like did that. Yeah. And it was it was <laughs> it really did feel like such an assault.
2: Yeah. We need to get on this show. Conan O'Brien, for one reason and one reason only, is to tell him that he did a bad, bad thing. By making every uh, work environment that I'm in safe for some dunce to break out a guitar and walk it, around It's because like, oh, Conan walks around with his guitar and awful. plays songs. awful. It's like,
1: call, call I would call human resources every day. I, I mean, why don't I just bring out my foot file and just start like mm-hmm. smoothing down the calluses on my yeah. on the heels of my feet? If someone did that in front of me again, because I've been hacky sacked in front of without consent, mm-hmm, I've been yeah. juggled in front of without consent,
2: and I've been guitared at without consent. Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah. I've had enough.
2: Who can get us Conan on this show? Who can get us Conan? We. I wanted to. I only well, want to talk I, about one thing I, and one thing only. Tell
1: him I'm sick because
2: you ain't doing. He it. Won't.
1: I don't. He won't. No, because he won't come on when I'm on. Because I'll ask him why he never had me on as a guest.
2: Now we get him on. I'm gonna first thing I'm gonna say is, thanks for the guitars and the thing. Now every dimwit brings their uh some over expensive Martin to work.
1: You see a straight line between Conan and that?
2: oh yeah, I think conan Conan normalized something that is very abnormal, walking mm. around work with a musical instrument.
1: Well, I remember being in television writing environments where there was always some sort of like basketball hoop and like you know like a nerf ball in the hallway and that was just sort of something that was like Mm -hmm. always there for people to do and that was fine with me like i didn't i didn't find it hostile it was just like if you don't like you don't have to go into the hallway if people are you know yeah sporting around
2: but suddenly somebody's walking by and they're trying to poorly play um over the hills and far away led zeppelin like wait hold on i could get it wait wait hold on wait i could get, it. Wait. Wait, I get it. wait hold on i can... get oh are we trying to break an episode of a tv show
1: a horrible i'd break what i, what I would... break
2: your fingers
1: aren't you on team coco i am i'm the only on
2: team, team coco.
1: coco i'm on is what it's Friggin' Christmas, and I want some hot drink with a marshmallow inside. The only
2: team cocoa I'm on is uh, good c- cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs.
1: The only team Cocoa I'm on is Ice Tea's awesome wife.
2: Yeah. The only Cocoa I care about is Diet Coco Cola. <clears throat> <laughs> so today
1: is a celebration. Of ventriloquism, yeah. and there's an amazing doc as Brett mentioned called "Dumbstruck," and you get to follow some of the great um, at the uh, annual convention at the Ventriloquism Museum, which is
4: the uh, Vent Haven, uh, Vent Haven Museum, Vent
1: Haven, which is presided mm. over by one of our guests or not, not necessarily.
4: yeah So, uh, like I said, we had a, we have a um, Terry Fader coming on here in a couple minutes, uh, and he's. He's I mean, what a story. This guy, he went from rags to riches, went from, uh, you know, uh, and you get
1: to see that in the doc because yeah, they yeah. follow it's almost like a Christopher Guest movie, but not. But they follow a bunch of vents in it and mm-hmm. they get to show this guy, spoiler, literally winning America's Got Talent and getting his own show in Las Vegas where he still has a show. And it's incredible watching this hardworking guy who obviously has a passion for this thing and everyone in the movie does and all their parents are like, don't do it. Mm-hmm. I beg yeah. of you, of all the things you, like, please get get one of those piercings where your tongue is split in half instead.
4: Yeah. So I thought we'd bring on Terry to inspire you guys. Uh, I know you have aspirations of being, uh, as they call them, vents, a uh, uh, ventriloquist uh, artist. We're going
1: to try it out. Tom and I are, like, interested. We, yeah. we're, we're, we're passionate mm-hmm. about things that are a little, a little strange. Yeah, a little look, yeah. under the radar. A Little
2: left to center.
1: A little different than the kind of stuff you may be used to. Yeah,
2: Brett, you're kind of a basic dude. You got the your basic bitch. You got your hamburgers and mm-hmm. your yeah, yeah, and your ball caps, and the Pearl Jam CDs. But Julie and I are cut from a different cloth. Julie's march to the City. beat
1: of a different drum.
2: Julie walks down the street and you hear and they're swinging a paint can walking down the street.
1: Just, like seven. And then I and fever. then I pour it over my head.
2: Then she pours over her head and goes, hmm. Oh, eggshell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, I'm walking on eggshell. And uh, everybody runs away from me. Yeah. And why wouldn't they? I seem crazy. Yeah. But I am crazy, crazy for learning things. Mm -hmm. And we have the best of the best here to teach us how to be ventriloquists. And the great news is that I guess a year and a half ago, we asked Brett to get ventriloquist dummies made of the two of us. And he he took us seriously and he he went through with it, the bastard.
2: Can you believe it? He did it.
4: And look, I got this. is very exciting. You know, I know it's almost Halloween, but this is going to be like Christmas morning. You guys open these ventriloquist dummies. I do have to give you a couple disclaimers for them. Uh, I I did my. Oh no! I, I did what, my so are they made no. out of
1: human skin? What's going on? <laughs> What's in these boxes that they're marked fragile?
4: Look, yeah. let 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 let's, let's uh, go talk to Terry Fader. Then we'll come back. You know, you'll get the inspired. Best of the best. You'll get inspired. The
1: best of the best. Scourgules. I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna ask him about if there's been any. Uh, any ventriloquism mishaps in terms of technical problems is there anything you want to ask him julie
1: i just hope winston the turtle doesn't pop out without me being uh prepared for it
2: no that'd be great i hope that doesn't happen and if i if i have the courage if i have the courage to ask him this question about any sort of technical mishaps that means i'm overcoming a lot in my life and i should be applauded because I'm very scared to ask this
0: question. So. Tom and I
1: did a pre record.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I really should Terry, be happy. Terry Vader's busy. We
1: got the best of the best. We'll, we'll make a yeah. know. Uh, you think know. he's
2: sitting around on a Saturday ready to get on a podcast? No, this guy's
1: guy's working more than either of us ever will. All
4: right. So after the break, uh, we're going to have Terry Fader here. And then later in the show, as was alluded to, we have Tom Ladshaw coming on, uh, who is uh, one of the directors of the Vent Haven Museum and the annual convention they do there for ventriloquism. Um, And he's just a uh, ventriloquist himself. He's a historian. He's a teacher. Uh, So we're going to have and he's also in the documentary Dumbstruck. Uh, So we're going to have Tom Ladshaw come in after the dummies have been unboxed. Uh, and give uh, Tom and Julie a little tutorial uh, to set them on their way to becoming uh, professional uh, ventriloquists. Um, and uh, that's what we're going to do. So after the break, stay tuned for Terry Fader. All right. This is very exciting. Terry Fader is joining the Zoom right now. And before we bring him on, let's uh, take a brief glimpse at his career, courtesy of the documentary Dumbstruck.
3: I did a show and there was one 12-year-old kid at the show. And about 10 minutes into the show, I'm doing the show. I'm thinking, well, oh, well, it's only one kid, but I'm going to go ahead and do a good show for him anyway. About ten minutes into it, three teenage kids come in and sit down, and I'm thinking, "Thank goodness, finally, I'm getting a crowd." About five minutes after that, a guy walks in, and I'm in the middle of my show, and a guy walks in and tells the three teenage kids, "All right, let's go to work," and they started folding the chairs up, and I'm going, uh, "Well, I guess the show's over." I was—it was horrible. I was so discouraged, and there were times when, like shows like that. I would call Melinda and I would say honey I just don't know if I can do this the winner of America's Got Talent and the winner of one million dollars is
0: Terry Fader
3: (laughs) we've got one more surprise for you we know your dream is to play Las Vegas well, we're going to make that dream come true.
1: Home to some of the greatest entertainment in the world. And it is all yours, Terry Fader. Hello.
0: Oh,
2: oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Julie,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you looked down for one second and I was like, look up, look up, Julie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who is joining us right now? For those of you who, can't, who, can, who cannot see at home.
3: I'm lynched in the impersonating turtle. Yeah, mm-hmm. there he is. Get his little, his I little did boat not sky. expect
1: to see Winston today. Oh, I of, of course, this was a Terry. Only well, interview.
3: Yeah, Terry doesn't do anything without me. That's true. Yeah, it's just, I want America's the- Got Talent for him, and I'm the reason <laughs> this show has been a hit in Vegas I would agree. <laughs> well, Can you sit down for a minute? Yeah, okay. I'll see y'all in a little bit. Okay. All right. Okay. You self-aggrandizing turtle. I just wanted you to know he was here. Yes. Okay.
1: Thank you for thank you for the 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 heads up. Yeah, now
3: this right. this
2: is a real thrill. We have a bona fide legend.
1: The goat. On you're on the, the goat. Terry, you're the goat, even though you've got a turtle on your lap. You're the goat.
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, that's that's weird to hear myself referred to in the- <laughs> like that. Wow. I don't feel. I don't feel that way. So, I'm just the boy next door.
2: That's even more of a sign that you're a legend. You don't feel <laughs> it. You just do it.
1: <laughs> Terry, I first heard of you when I watched the documentary Dumbstruck. Oh, yeah. And I remember watching your sort of ascent because you could watch in real time. You winning America's Got Talent It was the second season. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. And that
1: must have changed your life like nothing else. Oh,
3: it was. It, it, yeah, I didn't expect it. I mean, you know, I, I figured, I, listen, i had been a ventriloquist since, since 1975. And so I really was a professional ventriloquist from the time I was maybe 18 or 19 and I was working and uh, I knew that people don't really, they think ventriloquists are kid stuff. They think that, you know, so I was fighting that my whole career and I was never a child's entertainer. I mean, I, I, my show is clean. It's just not, it's not, it doesn't have that Barney mentality of, you know, Oh, Hey kids, how you doing? You know, it mm-hmm. was always very cerebral. When I say it was more for the adult intellect, let's, let's say. So, you know, as soon as people found out I was a ventriloquist, they'd be like, oh, yeah, my kids would love that at their birthday. And I said, no, actually, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's I think you'll enjoy it as much or more than the kids do. But um, so when I went on America's Got Talent, at very low expectations, I wanted to get on two, if I was lucky, three episodes, get kicked off like everybody else and then uh, raise my price at elementary schools. <laughs> that was my big sure. plan
2: because you get to put as seen on
3: exactly you know and i was already prepared i was already like recording the things and putting them all on this really cool dvd that i was going to send out to the uh, fairs and and schools that i was playing and i just kept going through every single week i'd make it through and i'm like oh man and i didn't have i didn't know what i was going to do the next week so it'd be like Okay, well, I just did the best thing I've got. And then I'd go through and I'm like, oh, man, i got to come up with something better for next week. And so I would just, you know, I would I worked so hard on that show to try to keep coming up and topping myself. And uh, I think that's really the key to a real professional. That If you can do that, you're a real professional.
1: So you were really working in real time, like week to week.
3: I was. Yes. And then there was
1: the um, and then you got a comedy writer to help you shape the Vegas show. I remember that part of the doc.
3: I did. Yes, I did. And I've had comedy writers ever since. Man, listen, I, I tell people, you know, don't, don't put your pride aside and get yourself some writers to help. Uh, you may be the most brilliant writer in the world, but if you're, if you're batting, uh, if you're kind of bouncing it around with other, you know, batting it around with other uh, really funny minds, you're going to come up with brilliant stuff. Um, you're only going to come up with one dimensional stuff if it's just you. So just, you know, and if you've got the money, um, invest in it and invest in your show and invest in your writing, because that's going to make a huge difference.
2: Yeah, it is. A, it is a, a, that is a really solid point because so much of entertainment for the longest time was just about you put the show on and nobody cares about what's behind the curtain with the show. Mm-hmm. And then there was just this point where I don't know if it was like singer songwriters were suddenly singers had to write their material and could like to be valid and then it just this whole thing where you have to be the sole creator of every aspect mm. of everything it's just like it's silly people, you want to see silly. a good
3: show there's only one orson wells you know it's like there are some people that can do that and mm-hmm. and that's wonderful i think that's great if you can um but uh, you know, I, I probably could, you know, I've got a lot of talent and I've got a lot, you know, I'm a funny guy and I've I've I wrote my material all the way up to America's Got Talent and it was good stuff. But um, but man, you know, I can say that so often ideas, you know, I might have a brilliant idea and then I'll get uh, you know, three other writers who are who who can make that idea even better, or they'll get an idea and I'll make it better. So it's just, it's incredible. I mean, there's no, there are almost no movies that are written by one person, you know, very mm-hmm. few songs are even written by one person. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, Taylor Swift's a great songwriter, but if you look, almost every song she has, has a collaborator, you know, so come on, just, you know, put your pride aside and do what's best for the art and for the craft and for, and for the people that are watching your show. And mm-hmm. it's not about you, it's about them. It never is about you. Um, yeah. And if it's about you, you might as well just get out of the business because it's, you know, it. you are creating for the people that are watching you. End mm-hmm. of the story. I mean, there's no, you know, you can, this is not about your ego. This is about making them happy. And making them feel good
1: terry you mentioned orson wells do you happen to have any um dummies that sound like orson wells or can you develop one
3: that does <laughs> i probably could yes uh i i probably we, could we would
1: really love we would really le- love to see like orson the ostrich or something <laughs> if, just putting that because tom That's and i are funny. both comedy writers you know if you're if you're really in a pinch the two of us you know
0: yeah
2: always
1: looking for work i don't mean to you know, speak out of turn,
0: but
2: no, but we agree with the whole thing that Julie and I talk all the time about some of the most fun is when you sit with other writers and you figure oh. the thing out. It's, it's the best part of the process.
3: Well, that's the thing is it's fun. It's not, it, it goes from being when you're by yourself and you're doing it, it's work when you're sitting around with, uh, you know, two or three really funny people and you're, and you're bouncing ideas off. There's a lot of thing going on and it's really, really fun. And of course, you know, I don't know if you drink and it even makes it more fun.
0: Well, we'll what time a Glass is it? Of
3: wine or, you know, or a cocktail. Yeah. we'll have a glass of wine and a cocktail and man, I'm telling you, then the, then the ideas really start going. And I, dr- sure. I don't drink much. Don't get me wrong. I'm not mm-hmm. like a, I'm not like a drinker, but, but boy, I'll have a glass of wine, a couple of glasses of wine or, or a, a martini. And, uh, oh my gosh, then it gets yeah. really fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Gets really like, this fun.
1: this yeah. next, this next character is an alcoholic badger. Uh, this next <laughs> character is a, uh, yeah. inebriated, yeah. uh, squid. It's,
2: yeah. uh, and then here's a, here's a gorilla with a really bad
5: hangover.
1: One too many. Um, Terry, I know you're probably sick of this question, but could you tell us a little bit about growing up and what attracted you to ventriloquism in the first place?
3: Absolutely. Well, I was always fascinated by puppets and I was always, you know, I grew up in the era of Sesame street. Um, you know, I was right at the age, I think when they first did their first show, I was four. And so, so that was really my era was, it was, you know, seeing this. And so I had this, this dream of one day being able to get on television with Kermit the frog. And, you know, it only took me until I was 42 to make that happen on America's got talent, but uh, it was really <laughs> a dream of mine. And then of course, um, uh, you know, seeing the Muppet show and, and, and puppets. Uh, the interesting thing is it was, I was not that, um, I had pretty much the same attitude toward ventriloquists that most people did uh, before myself and, and Jeff Dunham and Darcy Lynn and, and, you know, the, the people, uh, Paul Zerdon and Jay Johnson, uh, you know, th- we've really changed that, that when people think ventriloquism now, they don't think, Oh, cheesy and kids you know they don't anymore and i think you know i'm very proud to be a part of the group that has helped change that perception
2: yeah and and really evolve the form to absolutely like to a contemporary sense of comedy
3: yeah oh and to make people realize that ventriloquism is not just kid stuff and it's not and it doesn't always have to be corny and silly it can be really great fun you know uh comedy for for yeah. the adult intellect because it um, seems
2: like sometimes people want to either have it be for absolutely for children or it has to be like the dirtiest like or dirty, dirty yeah the yeah. dirtiest like blowing up the the whole thing that nobody could mistake it's only for adults
3: Exactly. And, and listen, uh, there's a place for everyone. So I I'm fine with people doing that. If you want to be a really dirty, you know, ventriloquist, great. If you want to be a ventriloquist that that is for little children, that's fine. But I I'll, I'll never forget. Um, I was maybe five, I think I was five, a prob- might, might've been six, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I was five and a ventriloquist came to my church and he was terrible. And I remember even as a five-year-old, I'm thinking this guy's terrible, and and the kids were all laughing around me, and I didn't think anything he said was funny. And then he he was telling about Jesus's tarattles, and I'm thinking, what is a tarattle? And in my head, I could not wrap my brain around what a tarattle was. And then when I got older, I realized he couldn't say parable, you know, so he said to rattle instead. So you know, I didn't know that until I was a ventriloquist. So. So it, it wasn't that I saw someone that interested me. Um, I, I found a book on how to be a ventriloquist when I was 10 in my school library. And, and I always, every single year for my school, I would do the, uh, uh, the entertainment show, you know, where at the talent show. And so I, I had sung, I did hypnotism one year. I was a magician one year. Uh, I did a reading, uh, you know, a, a, a poetry reading. And so here I find this book And I'm like, oh, there's no ventriloquist. There's not another ventriloquist in the school. I'll learn ventriloquism. And then for next year's talent show, I'll do ventriloquism. And that's really what what happened was I was just doing it to to get something. And I really fell in love with it. I mean, I was able to do it fairly okay as a 10-year-old You know, within a a couple of days. And so I went and bought a little uh, puppet at Sears. And uh, I took it apart. And I put a little. It it was one that just had a string coming out of the back of it. It's called a Willy Talk. And so I took it apart. And I put a stick on it. And so that I could turn his head and then I rebuilt the body so that it would fit in the slot. And I and I got one of my dad's old costume jewelry rings that he gave me and I tied it to the string so I would have a little thing. So I was able to actually turn his head and, and do it and so I did that for a couple of years and then I bought a semi-pro uh, mm. professional I mean a semi-professional figure and then when I was uh, uh, 18 um, my family had pulled their money together and bought me my first professional puppet who's still in my act and by the way you were talking about drunk he comes out drunk every single night now and it's great it's just mm. great um, it, it's so funny to do that it's a real hit and even kids love him because mm. uh, he's so hysterical when he's funny, when he's drunk well, yeah he's well, had
1: to start to, to drink for you know living with you for so long that's terry. so true, been at that's your true. Side this whole time and, <laughs> when, and what was the when, go oh, ahead go ahead tommy
2: i was just gonna say when you got this first dummy and then your family is probably just like oh terry's got his dummy and he's gonna and suddenly it's like and then suddenly you're like dismantling it and were they just like what are you doing
3: <laughs> yeah you know they they didn't i didn't get a lot of the oh my gosh what's terry doing he's even doing no he's going into this crazy I, you know, I always knew I was going to entertain I, mm-hmm. from the time I was as young as I can. I can. Re- my first memory is standing on a table singing to a bunch of adults at my church. So I and I and I remember distinctly loving the feeling of hearing them laugh and cheer. Um, at, my mom told me that when I was you know, six months old, still in a crib, I couldn't even I couldn't even walk, but I could mimic so people would say helicopter, and as a six-month-old, I was able to repeat helicopter wow. and hippopotamus wow. and these 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 complicated words. So I was like the hit of the uh, of our church and all of my friends, my mom's and dad's friends, because I I could. So I, I think I really caught that entertainment bug. I was really born to entertain. So so ventriloquism just was fun um i liked the i I love the idea of being able to create characters um and that's really what i learned you know since this is more about puppeteering than ventriloquism um the one thing i learned about edgar bergen is that um it didn't matter that his lips moved it it made no difference because he had created these real real three-dimensional characters that had backstories that had lives that were that were funny and and it was fascinating. People say, oh, that was weird, a ventriloquist on, on the radio. And I thought, well, not really, because he's no more different than Mel Blank, who was on. He, Mel Blank did dozens of voices for radio shows, and that's really all Edgar Bergen was, was a voiceover artist. He did mm-hmm. a lot of different voices. It, it didn't matter that he, had a, that he had a puppet on his hand. Yeah, uh, he it, was. And, and, and I'm telling you, if you listen to those and if you're watching this, uh, whether you're a ventriloquist or not, you need to you need to listen to some of those old because it is impossible to tell that that's two people or three people. You know, when he brings out Mortimer, absolutely. when he brings out Charlie, he speaks in that it, it is he has created these real characters. And the illusion is so perfect. And and anyone as a ventriloquist or a puppeteer has to understand it's not about Doing the puppets and do and the lip movement—it's about creating memorable characters that people fall in love with. I mean, think yeah. of the Muppets—you know, Kermit the Frog, F- Fozzie Bear, Gonzo, uh, Bert and Ernie, uh, Big Bird. These are these are real entities. You know, I argued with a kid when I was seven. I went and saw the Muppets. Uh, I went and saw Sesame Street live. Maybe I was six. um, And I argued with it. I said, no, they're real. I saw them. I saw Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's not a person back there, you know, and that's how real those characters are. And that's really what a puppeteer's job is more than anything else is to create characters that are believable and real.
2: Yeah. And people fill in the blanks on all of the other parts because they believe. And one thing. Absolutely. On the on the radio in the past, I had done puppets here and there. And it was just like fun and I'm, you know, but, but there would be a moment that was so powerful when, if there was somebody else in the studio, when they start arguing with the puppet and they're looking at the puppet and not me was Uh, when you realize the balance of the, you saw them subconsciously believing in it, whether it, whether, I mean, look, of course they know who's talking with the thing, but the, but the emotions and the, the, the larger thing, they were looking right at the, at my hand mm-hmm. and it just mm-hmm. was, you could feel it was a pretty well, magical experience.
3: The best compliment I get. And I get this all the time. I mean, almost on a daily basis, I get this compliment almost daily. And it's, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a backdoor compliment. And this is, uh, I will do my show. And in my show in Vegas, and and also here in uh, you like uh, when I'm doing the road, I'm doing Ships you tonight, and I'm uh, and so on my road show, I will sing one or two songs by myself, and then after the show, inevitably, every single time, people come up and say, "I had no idea you could sing." and that's the best compliment i could Mm -hmm. possibly receive because that means you thought every single character that i that i brought out Mm -hmm. on america's got talent and in any youtube videos so you thought they were singing you didn't realize that was me doing it how is that a better compliment as a puppeteer and a ventriloquist that Mm -hmm. i created a character so real that you didn't even realize it was me doing it that's the key and and you know, if you, if people think that lip movement is important, all you got to do is go to YouTube and type in Jim Henson on The Tonight Show. And Jim Henson's sitting there with Kermit the Frog, and he doesn't even try not to move his lips. Mm-hmm. That puppet comes alive, and, and it's Kermit. It doesn't matter that Jim's talking for him. And that's what I'm trying to, to reiterate. Creating a believable character is the absolute number one thing you do as a puppeteer in any in any situation is that character has to come alive and be real to the people watching. Mm-hmm. And one of my advice, uh, the advice that I give to people is um, try to put every single talent you have. You know, if you juggle, try to figure out how to put that into the show. If you if you do magic, try to put that into the show. Uh, anything you have that's a talent. Try to figure out a way to do it. So as an impressionist and a vocal and, and vocal impressionist and where I do songs, I'm now opening my Vegas show with a with a, a, a huge song where I do 15 different impressions in the same song uh, for the first like two minutes of the show. You're hearing me do 15 different vocal impressions, no puppets or anything.
1: We understand you have a Garth Brooks impression, Terry. I,
3: I do. Yes. Yes.
1: Um, Can you can you, you tell wanna... us a little bit about what it was like growing up? Um. As Garth Brooks, could you tell us a little bit about what, what your childhood was like?
3: Well, I I don't actually I don't do many speaking impressions, but I can sing like it. And so, oh, I, yes, it, okay. but that, I will that, that tell works you that, too. that works. Too. what I will tell you is how how this happens. So I, I was in a, a country rock band and I and we were doing all these country songs and all these uh, rock songs as well. And so I went to see Danny Gantz perform in 2007 um, and. And I I listened to Danny Gans and he did Garth Brooks and he did the Bee Gees and he did Nat King Cole and Natalie Cole. And he did all these different impressions. And I'm thinking, I do every one of those impressions. So I want to be a Vegas entertainer one day. So I'm going to try to put together a show like his. But I don't want to be known as Danny Gans Light. So I'm a ventriloquist. So I'm just going to have my puppets do it. So then I I had a show the next night after after doing the after seeing Danny Gans. And it was at the uh, Logandale Fair, which is the Clark County. I'm mean, Clark County Fair in Logandale, Nevada. So it's, it's the kind of the Vegas local fair. And, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to call out Winston. Can you come up Winston? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, so you, now Winston, uh, so, so since I can't actually do a Garth Brooks impression, my name is Winston, the impersonating turtle. So I do all the impressions, Terry can't exactly. So, got it. Um, so I, I literally got on stage the, right after seeing Danny Gans the next, Next night, no rehearsal, no practice doing this without moving my lips. And I ask a puppet, uh, Can you sing Garth Brooks? Of course, I can. Can you do it? Blame it all on my ribs I showed up in boots and ruined your blank top Last one to know, the last one to show. I was the last one you thought he would see
2: there. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. A well, great job. Yes,
3: Terry, I'm what about Colonel now? Winston. <laughs> go ahead, you go back
1: Winston, me. we're trying to talk to Terry. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: Terry, how do you handle the the vocal and the sort of physical challenges of doing an impersonation with your because I know that you, you said that not moving your lips isn't or shouldn't be a priority, but you don't move your lips, and that's incredibly impressive. How do you manage to do both?
3: Well, that's just thousands of hours of re- practice and mm-hmm. rehearsal. You know, I, I drove from coast to coast. Uh, I, st- I was in a band, I started in a band in 1989 and all the way up until 2002, I was in a band and then I went solo and my act was me do singing to like tracks and, and bringing out puppets. And so what I would do is, uh, and then also I, I was a ventriloquist from the time I was 10 and my parents had a janitorial business. And so they would set us to work and we would work sometimes eight hours a day and I hated it. So what I would do is I would listen to the radio. And I would uh, practice. I said, "Oh, I can practice ventriloquism while singing to the radio." So I'd be like mopping or vacuuming, and I'd be like, "Don't stop believing,
0: hold on to that feeling."
3: You know, <laughs> as I'm as I'm vacuuming and doing, and and I'm just listening to the radio, learning how to do that. So that was just, that's just a lot of work, <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of hard work. Practice. Pra- sure.
1: The answer is practice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes, yes.
1: Now, now
2: over the years, have you? Um, I'm sure all these shows you've done. Have you ever had weird technical problems, things like, uh Oh, what are we going to do here? What's like your, oh. what's the biggest one where you're just like, Oh no,
3: absolutely. Oh, oh, there, there's a couple. Uh, first of all, this one time, <laughs> this, well, actually twice now, uh, but you remember I've been doing this forever. I've been doing mm-hmm. this professionally since I was 20. Uh, so, you know, what is that? 36 years, uh, 36 and a half years now. And, um, so uh, you're going to have all kinds of things. And I'm one of those kind of old school vaudevillian type who says the show must go on unless I'm in the hospital, which has happened a couple of times. Uh, but if I'm not in the hospital, I'm not canceling a show. And um, so I'm, I, I will go out there sick. It doesn't matter. So I get up, I, I go to one show and um, my my road manager had left all of my puppets in the in the van band that had taken us to the airplane. (laughs) And so I, I get to a show. You mean your former
1: road manager? uh, Yeah, definitely my former road manager. So
3: I had no puppets. Now, uh, fortunately I had, fortunately there was a kid that when I first won America's Got Talent, I've really, I'm really into uh, helping promote um, ventriloquism and, and help, you know, help people that, that, so I had bought this kid, a uh, professional ventriloquist, Puppet. I knew him. And so it was, I said, you know, when if I was young, it would have changed my life if somebody had bought me a professional puppet. So I bought him a puppet, right? This was right after America's got town. He he brought that to the show. I didn't know he was coming. And he wanted me to autograph it. And I go, I will definitely autograph this. Do you mind if I use this puppet? (laughs) Yes. And the kid's like, yes. So I get this puppet and I literally wrote an entire hour and a half show. I came up with uh, I just winged the entire show. Mm -hmm. I did some of the other stuff, but I had this puppet doing different impressions of my other puppets and people loved it. Another time, uh, same thing happened. Did the puppet complain
2: about the road manager a fair amount? Uh,
3: (laughs) I'm sure he did. (laughs) I'm sure he did. Uh, um, Same thing happened. My puppets did. Well, they except that this time I shipped them and they did not arrive. And so I had no puppets. So I went out and we were selling these little Winston, the impersonated turtle puppets. And I went out to, to my merch booth and I did a whole puppet with one of those little Winston puppets mm-hmm. that I sell. And then I autographed it and auctioned it off for charity at the end. Amazing. So, uh, so great. you know, the thing is, is if you're, if you're watching this or listening to this, um, your job is to entertain the audience, period. It doesn't matter if something falls apart, if the, if the sound goes out, if the lights go out, have everybody pull their iPhones out and, and, and light you mm-hmm. and do a show. Your job is to entertain the audience. I can promise you, no matter what happens, if you entertain that audience, they're going to leave feeling mm-hmm. that feeling they got their money's worth. And that's really, yeah. you got to have that attitude. You cannot say, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, I can't do it. you got to say, okay, well, this didn't happen. Let's do, do it. Yeah. Let's, let's pull through this and do it. Yeah.
2: But that said, there must've been a good five minutes of oh, that one when the puppets were still in the van that the road manager heard some different impressions from terry
0: <laughs> definitely definitely
1: yeah hey anybody want to hear an impression of the stupidest guy in the world <laughs> whoops
2: <laughs> now that's great advice though because it really is just a matter of you got to think big picture the whole time
0: you do, and then, you, you and do. then,
1: I, I know we're wrapping up, but I just wanted to ask you a little bit about when you're developing your characters. Are there any new characters on the horizon? Who are your all stars right now? Are there any that are sort of like that we could look forward to?
3: You know, not. I don't have anything like new that I'm planning because I've got 26 or 27 puppets, and I'm having a hard time trying to figure out when I'm going to put them back in. I'm sure eventually I'll come up with a whole new idea, but um, who are like the four?
1: Who are are like who are like the leading? who who are your like um, like the MGM stars? Well, definitely.
3: Definitely the Winston, Lions. the impersonated turtle. Uh, he, he, I, there's no doubt. He said it earlier. He won America's got talent, a turtle doing an impression of Roy Orbison uh, just captured the heart of America. No doubt about that. Um, then there's a uh, Walter T. Airedale is the puppet I got as my 18th birthday present. And he is a cowboy now and he always comes out drunk every single show. And it's hilarious. It even cracks me up. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I love, I love interacting with him as if he's really drunk. Um, and that's something that comes with just practice, 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 practice. You you only develop that that uh, relationship with a character if you work with that character mm-hmm. thousands of hours. And I, I'm yeah. not exaggerating. I mean thousands of hours. I can um, say
2: one shortcut around not being about if you you can either spend thousands of hours learning how to do a drunk puppet, <laughs> or you could <can> just drink. <laughs>
3: I don't drink much, but I do but drink. a little And then both scene and partners are drunk, drunk though. True. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that's
2: true. true. That's the problem. That's You want to true. keep just
1: one scene partner drunk yeah. if you're gonna do that. And then bit.
2: also the rest of the now, would, puppets what also what might really be, be drunk be, for the show, too. What
3: would really be the yeah. trick is if I was drunk and the puppet wasn't, that would be, be amazing. Like, that would <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. So I, you know what? I think I just gave myself a really good idea. There you go. See, you're right. So we take Venmo. It's kind of OK. <laughs> and uh, so my third would be, um, oh, man, Maynard Tompkins. So I bought this this puppet uh, from Kevin Detweiler and uh, or I believe it was yeah, um, Clinton Detweiler's son. Uh, and he it was this little Elvis kind of character. He's not really a, he's more of an Elvis impersonator as opposed to an Elvis puppet. And, uh, and I couldn't come up with anything really funny for him to do. And then one day it just hit me. I thought, oh, my gosh, what if he's the one Elvis impersonator of the world that never actually took the time to learn any Elvis songs? And I have more fun with that character than I do any of the others. I have so much fun with this Elvis impersonator that doesn't that never actually learned any Elvis songs. He's so funny mm-hmm. and he's so much fun to do.
1: Well, we can't thank you enough for spending time with us. Terry, you're an absolute delight, a true showman. Thank you. In the, in the tradition of all the best, um, all and beyond Vegas, but you know, just a true, a true performer.
2: Yes. Uh, That's so nice of you. It's a real pleasure. We appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank
3: you for having me
1: break a leg tonight.
3: Yeah, um, thank you,
1: and uh, and and I hope you're starting to take your puppets with you on the plane.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we are. They're yes. sitting underneath
1: <laughs> no. your seat at all times. Like they're carry well, on. I hope at this point.
3: We always carry Winston on. I could do an entire <laughs> show with just Winston if I had to. Uh, the rest of them are under they they go in the luggage compartments and so sure. they're you know wow. uh, but they yeah they, uh, we haven't so had Winston, any trouble winston's like the nuclear won, right?
2: football winston's like the nuclear football you have <laughs>
1: yeah it, it, but, to but your it's wrist. good that the other characters know their place when they're in that chilly little compartment <laughs> <underneath> the
3: <plane. laughs> yeah they yes, know where they, they, they belong mm-hmm. and then yes, terry do you have
1: anything to plug before we go
3: well, just my fa- my uh, show in Vegas, obviously. I'm at New York, New York uh, Hotel and Casino. It's, uh, the show is called Who's the Dummy Now? Um, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's actually, we we were just named the best casino show by USA Today uh, last week, in fact. So well, congratulations. So it's, thank you. So I that's really my big my big plug. And go to all my socials. I'm now on TikTok. I'm on, and everything is just at, uh, TikTok is official Terry Fader. And all the rest are just at or hashtag Terry Fader or whatever the, Whatever awesome. it's supposed to be. So well, well, having right. watched
1: that documentary and watched your ascent, I couldn't be happier for you. And and you know, just uh, keep being the best because it Thank seems you. like there mm-hmm. ain't no one better.
3: Thank you. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Thanks again, Terry. All right, Thanks,
3: Terry. Thanks. Bye, <laughs> Thank Winston. You guys. Thank you. Goodbye. There he is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: fader
2: unbelievable
1: you know what doesn't fade is my love for him no
2: as time goes on he is super successful super famous guy nice super nice yeah sometimes the 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 big ones are the nice ones too because they're not sweating it they're not they they got where they got and they can kind of enjoy it if they're doing it right that's what it seems like getting there would feel like
1: he's a mensch and how do you think he came across in that doc brett
4: oh i thought so so well i mean i i I, you know i actually saw the doc after we interviewed with him because we did interview him ahead of time earlier this week and i i loved him in the interview i think i mentioned this to you guys my mother-in-law is a huge fan she's seen him a couple times in vegas so she's always talked him up to me uh so i had high hopes and he just he just uh uh, just met everything that I thought he was going to be. He exceeded my expectations, just the sweetest guy. And then you watch the doc and you get this, you see this whole rags to riches story. It's and crazy and I'll, I'll to be able honest, to like,
1: watch that in real time. Yeah. yeah.
4: And his you know, let's be honest, his dad was like an asshole to him. And like, you know, he had a lot of, dis- it wasn't like he was encouraged to do this. It was the opposite. He was discouraged from doing it and he did it anyway. Um, and, There's some
1: great female yeah. characters, by the way, in that documentary. You're going to meet Wilma. You're going to meet Kim, who's a pageant queen, who's a ventriloquist, and his her mother is like, please stop. You're never going to get married. <laughs> <laughs> no man <laughs> will ever want to touch this gorgeous woman who can make a dummy talk without moving her mouth, to which I say... Shut up, you old battle axe.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: cram it, cram it, Mrs. Claus.
2: Isn't that like a Zappa thing? Ram it, ram it, ram it.
1: I, I can't, I, yes. Isn't that like I, a I'm Frank so embarrassed. Zappa song? I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed that I. What's like. that song called? I'm not talking about it.
2: It's a song called Overture Number Two. It's
1: called Broken Hearts Are For Assholes. And yes, I knew that, and I'm so sorry.
2: But it's one of those ones that's like, it's one of those ones that's like crazy. That's all of like them. Toilets, Kill- ram it in K- the pool. Shoot,
1: K- Kindler likes that record. Kindler oh, okay. likes shake, "Shake Your Booty."
2: Yeah, Tom, well, did
1: you hear those awesome songs that listeners sent in? Oh my
2: goodness, I heard some of them. They're yeah, so
1: good. There's, so, oh my god, our listeners are so talented. We should Seriously. give them more assignments.
2: The listeners are. Truly impressive. The
4: listeners to Double Thread are truly.
1: Songs are amazing.
4: Yeah. And if you go back one episode in your feed, you'll see uh, we did a bonus episode with uh, all of these uh, songs that listeners submitted based on Tom and Julie's lyrics for these new Halloween songs. Uh, Paula Deen killed my parents, sexy costumes.
1: I I just want to say the Paula Deen ones like genuinely upset me. Like they were like Mm -hmm. the ballad. They were chilling. They were were blood (laughs) chilling. Murder ballad. Yeah, they were murder ballad. I would like to see a cut of natural born killers Mm -hmm. where they replace the Leonard Cohen music with some of these. These, uh, these these Paula Dean songs. Yes, yeah, but to, I did. If yeah.
2: Johnny Crash was still alive, he'd probably do those songs in one of his records.
1: Who's Johnny Crash?
2: The country is man.
1: Like, is he like Johnny Rockets?
2: No, he's country guy.
1: I think I ate a burger once at his place.
2: You know, Ring of Fire. I walked. Oh alive. yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, I thought you said Johnny Crash.
2: Yeah, I did. <laughs> Ain't that his name?
1: Wait, are you talking about the the clash?
2: Hello, I'm Johnny Crash. Oh no 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 no.
1: He's like trying to teach kids about car accidents. Yeah. And he's like, please avoid a a car of fire.
2: Yeah. If you crash, you'll be trapped in a car of fire. And you'll burn, 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 burn that car of fire. So that stupid. car it's so stu- of fire. It's like the stupidest thing we've ever said. <laughs> it's so
1: stupid. It's so stupid. And yet,
2: someone will rip us
1: off. Probably. Probably. Those songs are so good. Did anyone cover um, "Me and"? Uh, uh, no, I think that face. I think everyone. Leatherface and me and Daddy make. <laughs> I,
2: I think everybody concedes that, that yes. is we own that one.
4: I think it was I an implicit say, yeah. sign of respect that nobody even mm, submitted a fair. Daddy and Leather and me mm-hmm. and Leatherface make. I will three. say of
1: all those songs, my favorite part was uh, in that goes. What should we do on Halloween? <laughs> You'd be surprised when I tell you of our plans. Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> These are the new heads. These are the new classics. We're gonna make so much money and it's all off the backs of your own hard work listeners and we can't thank you enough. They're they're so these they're so cool. All these people make these cool sounding songs. They're so cool.
2: Yeah. I always say to myself when I get ready to talk to the listeners, it's just like I really want this to be like a conversation. Really,
1: well, you like talking about slick stuff. I know. Oh,
2: I like to talk about slick stuff, I like to talk about cool stuff and neat stuff, but mostly <laughs> I like to talk about raw stuff. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe, first of been- all, how great is yeah. Harry Fader's?
1: Oh, uh, forget it. Garth Brooks Garth impression. And closed mouthed.
0: Yeah.
4: I'm gonna put a video mouth. up on that. So make sure you follow us at Double Threat Pod on Twitter and Instagram to get the video of Terry Fader doing that Garth Brooks impression.
2: That's one of the most amazing things is that he he's doing the he's not yeah.
3: oh, backwards he's, and he was and doing heels. the show
2: for us on I know this. He was not
3: I love faking so much.
2: he was not suddenly like going easier with his with his uh ventriloquism.
1: I wish I was related to him. I wish I was like. I wish I spent well, every holiday with it. Well, don't you think that'd be great? Julie. To be like, guess who's kidding. here at Christmas?
2: In this envelope. Yes. The results.
1: DNA. Wait, you're telling Terry me. Terry Fader I'm... is your father. <laughs> Stop oh my it. God.
2: The results are in. That's your dad. I could be your Fader father. Won't you put put your puppet hand in mine? <laughs> i wanted to see if we could get you're, you're dumber fader. than johnny isn't, Crash. It, isn't
1: it fader figure wouldn't it be fader figure
2: that's true why'd i go i went fader yeah, father i know father. i saw
1: where you went i as they say i saw what you did there
2: yeah yeah i saw what you did there
4: Okay.
1: I saw what you did there. All right. Should we open these? Yes, these yeah, terrifying these boxes. boxes. So, so
4: I, I like, can I, I need to do a little disclaimer first before you? Open these uh, just, just a, just a heads up. So they
1: are haunted. We are good. These are monkey paw curse things.
4: Yeah. I, yes. Look, these are, these are both. All right. Here's the, here's the deal. First of definitely
1: all, definitely going to be, cur- I mean, there's no question. They're cursed.
4: There probably is some sort of curse on them. I, hopefully it'll work for you, you know, uh, as opposed to against you. Um, uh, I so what I want to say is this is it's I know the initial idea here was to get uh personalized ventriloquist dummies that look like you they're like a Julie oh, no. puppet and a, oh, and a Tom no. puppet so he about
2: to say? he's softening so, the blow on no. this
1: when we open and we see like, no, the- <laughs> like cabbage patch dolls with like double chins and like googly eyes
4: I'm sure there is some way to get this done in the world obviously you Br- know broom
1: straw is, for hair
4: there's a to to get actual ventriloquist dummies, because I was not going to get puppets I was not going to get felt puppets I know that's that's a that's a fine thing there's there's other shows that have gotten puppet versions of themselves I wanted real ventriloquist dummies uh getting getting customized custom made ventriloquist dummies that look like people is not only very difficult to do but also uh, just very cost prohibitive as well it's very expensive so I did what I think is the next best thing uh which is I bought uh two ventriloquist dummies um (laughs) and i uh uh that are and i customize them to try to to try to evoke uh, i couldn't change the look of them but i tried to make them evoke uh, Brett, uh julie di- and evoke
2: tom uh so this Brett, is this is these,
4: this these
1: gonna are going to make me suicidal when i open this box
2: no. <laughs> Brett i'm already on the ropes I
1: was gonna <laughs> like is this going to give me more body and face dysmorphia what than I, want I already you, have?
4: What I want you to focus on here is not, ed, uh, not any of that focus on the fact that I you, you're, you're, you're when you you're, say
1: you, did you do this yourself with yes, paint? And, yes. Oh my god So this is, right. this is what I want you, you to focus on you didn't even run these through like our art our, our, you didn't delegate this to all the talented artists in our listener community? Look,
4: look everybody knows I like sliders, I, now I like ventriloquism, I like this and that, the, the number one thing I like in this world is Tom and Julian do and double threat so what i want to focus okay. you on is okay. like this is this is my i don't this is my gift to you okay so any, you any, mail, who mailed any, these to you why is there a, a packing slip on this so i got the dummies mailed to me and then i customized the dummies and then shipped them out out to you guys uh so it is uh, this is
1: He's my brett hold on could you mute yes. yourself for a second
4: sure yeah yeah real quick tom
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, Julie.
1: Have you noticed that Brett has been like hot gluing tap dance things to his gloves and now he's yeah. got like
2: It's like what he, this guy get got, a like, deal some sort on of, like glue gun? Is this like
1: a gonna be like a is there gonna be like a, y- you know, Zodiac Killer Etsy craft shop at some point?
2: Does he have some sort of Brewster's Millions deal where he's gotta burn through all the glue? All from these the, like glue craft supplies where, the where money? like
1: the mob is like, hey, uh, this stuff fell off a of Michael's truck. It sure oh. would be a shame if you didn't get yeah. rid of it by the end of the week.
4: Let's do it. Open these dummies, okay? All right. If you don't like it, that's on me. Okay, that's on oh, no. me.
2: That's fine. I've never been more scared <laughs> in my entire life to know what's in here.
4: Hope they made it. Hope they got shipped all right. All right, Tom and Julie are opening their boxes. All right, Tom's got his open. Digging through, there's a lot of I put a lot of packing materials in here. Oh, I don't like where this is going. I don't like this
0: already. <laughs> oh, no. I I know this. oh, Brett this is. I'm sorry,
2: <laughs> I tried. Are we ready, Julie? Are we do it? Say,
1: we'll do one, two, one, three, and then we'll both show them in the video.
2: One. Two, three. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, Mo Howard? <laughs> Mo it, Howard wearing a Lou Reed shirt. And
1: I'm. This and Carol Channing. This is Carol Channing Dang. wearing a Divine T-shirt.
2: Why I oughta? <laughs> hey yo.
4: Ra-
1: raspberries.
4: I don't have a bowl haircut. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I this, I hair is,
1: it. this is also pink. And why right. is it wet? Like this is still wet. I, I,
4: I manic panicked it and it
2: didn't come <laughs> out red. <laughs>
4: Brett, <laughs> didn't come, this didn't is come pretty amazing
2: I, I got to say, it. Brett, I, I do love, love it. it. <laughs> I'm taking why off jacket, I Julie, what's up? Hold How's on, it, let's it going? See how I can do this. Yeah, how sorry, is Julie, yours
4: is, like, yours is a little harder to maneuver. You got a drawstring on the back there.
2: Hey, Julie,
1: yeah, Julie, what's up?
2: How's it going, Julie? How
4: are you? You know,
1: it's going. Look, on, I'm I a mean, lift
2: thing. look, you can't see my elbow. Oh. Wait, so this
1: is I, I manipulate her with the string, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I got it to work
4: by having sort of one hand brace the head and one hand do the st- or one hand, yeah, one hand on front there and then one hand
2: working the string. So my hand is holding the stick. You've got it. Yeah, yours is a little easier to manipulate. What? Yeah, double threat. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to double threat! (laughs) Yeah, see?
1: My name's Julie.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to double threat. My name's Tom Sharpling.
1: And mine's Julie We Why is my why, my voice should be down here? Where's your Where's well, just your do, Let's talk voice. in our normal
2: voices. Okay. okay. Hey everybody, what's up? It's Double Threat. How are you? I got my Lou Reed shirt on today. What else is new? <laughs> Julie, what shirt are you wearing?
1: Um, I'm wearing. Hold on. Um, I'm wearing my divine shirt, obviously. Um, Tom. Did you Want to see, want to hear the movies I watched this Week for Halloween Yeah I watched The Dead Zone
2: <laughs> The Dead Zone That's a, the Christopher Walken one
1: Directed by David Cronenberg
2: Okay what else did you watch
1: Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Dream Warriors Dream Patricia Warriors Arquette. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah Okay That's the best one of the franchise <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. Sweet Dawkins Song also. Well, Still oh yeah, song. Great Dawkins Song. It had me I had I, I had to dock my boat. And b- You
2: bark. Watch any other movies?
1: I watched Oh, Space. I'd never seen Space.
2: It's a great movie. Is it? It's pretty good. Good Martin Short showcase. And just for the
4: listener, this entire conversation is happening between the dummies.
1: Um is a onesie oh my god tom look at this no are you in a onesie also <laughs> yeah look we put, this
2: okay. guy's going to baby depot and buying these yeah, things do
0: this.
2: Do this. i want to try something julie you want to see me try me. something yeah i'm gonna do my impressions of linda
0: blair okay. yeah yeah yeah
2: guess what movies i watched this week
1: what um did you watch the velvet under did you watch the velvet underground documentary again
2: is there a why on the end of the days then yes i did no i didn't watch that i did watch um i watched the lydia lunch documentary
1: oh how was that That's great I would watch a documentary of Nardwall Oh my god, me too Interviewing her That is the best Nardwall interview ever
2: I watched Part one of Mildred Pierce
1: The Kate Winslet uh, Yes Did you ever see the original?
2: I saw the original a long time ago The Joan Crawford movie Pretty Pretty Good so you can just do this. Ah! Ah! <laughs> the head comes out. So, should we watch clip? Should we watch clips yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. All right, let's
4: uh, now that you've got your dummies, let's watch some clips of some fellow uh, ventriloquism artists. Uh, and this is from uh, these clips are from the movie Dumbstruck. I'll put a link in the show notes. Everybody should watch this documentary. It's truly incredible.
1: It's the best. Uh,
4: I, I watched it once just for the show, and I'll be watching it again later this week. because I truly it's truly one of those just those great documentaries.
1: Tom just left the room with his dummy on his hand. And I'm eager to hear if there's any reaction that's going to come outside that door. <laughs> God, I wish my teeth were this straight.
4: I swear that hair was was red for a second. And then, was it? Yeah, and then as soon as I, w- I woke up the next morning to mail it, and I was like, shit, is that is that is pink. That is, just, <laughs> that is bright pink.
1: No, I wish I, I was cool enough to pull off this color, but it is it is damp. It's definitely yeah, wet. I know. Tom, did you just scare the dogs with that dummy? <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait. What? What just happened? Did you scare the dogs?
2: Yeah, the dogs were going nuts, so I to make sure it was okay. So you have some clips. Yeah, here we go. So this is uh, this is from the movie
4: Dumbstruck. This is uh, it follows several different ventriloquist artists. Uh, This is Wilma, um, uh, who is one of the standouts. Um, And Wilma uh, in this clip, she's got a um, a uh, big ostrich puppet, almost almost like a a two scale ostrich puppet, gigantic puppet. Uh, And she's making her way through the annual Vent Haven ventriloquism convention.
1: Which we're all in agreement that we're going to attend.
2: Yeah, I'll meet you there.
1: Tom, (laughs) you said the same thing to Brett about Terralingua.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And now the two of you are going and you're going to have a a lot of fun. Can't wait. Next weekend.
1: I know. We've got to figure out uh, what we're going to. Yeah. I can't
3: walk very fast. I don't want to lay an egg.
0: Pretty much the rest of the family wants nothing to do with us. And they, they always try
2: to tell me <laughs> to stay away from my aunt also. But I was in rough times and my aunt was the only one to help me out. So, I'm going down to
0: get drunk.
2: Hold on. Please stop things. that for a second. Please stop that for a second. I've never seen anything more unnecessary to say on camera than <laughs> the whole family hates this. But she helped me out in tough times. So I put up with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a wonderful woman with an ostrich puppet on her arm. What is there to put up with besides maybe like occasionally having too many giggles and too much joy in your life?
2: Pretty much all family's fed up with this and uh, doesn't want nothing to do with it. But uh, I hit some hard times and you know, I just, she was the only one there for me. So I drive her these puppet things <laughs> in her car.
1: <laughs> nephew of the year
3: nephew the characters of the year. that i if I said it myself I'd be fired I'd be slapped in the face or beat up but they can say stuff and get away with it
1: she was working I think as a security guard and she got beat up pretty bad and they had to wire her jaw shut and of course they said well you can't talk <laughs> That's not going to stop Wilma. (laughs) So that's how she started to work on the ventriloquism. And she found a way to talk with her mouth wired shut.
6: Testing one, two, three. Everybody beware of the
1: puppet beer. I want to thank you for another. Well, that's just something
2: charming about that.
1: Wilma Wilma is in the Redhead Hall of Fame. So with these my, puppets. Give my puppets some knockers.
2: Is this gonna be a part of our live show?
1: Um, I think the guy from Vent Haven when he comes on could maybe hook us up with some like No offense, Brett, you did a yeah, great yeah, job. Yeah. But I, I want like higher higher quality yeah. dummies that I I'm just concerned about the string. The
4: string is not great. This is a little yeah, challenging. Yeah. Yeah, well, Terry Fader mentioned that his first puppet he got had a string. So my my thought is these are your starter puppets. These are the
2: starter dummies. Okay. Yeah.
1: Got it. Got it.
2: Can you imagine Brett's wife watching him painting up dummies and dressing them in Lou Reed (laughs) t-shirts?
1: Onesies.
2: And she's just like, Brett, we have a baby now. (laughs) We got to start to shift some priorities Do you want us here? to
1: send these onesies back in case you want to put them on your bed? Ba- like imagine like amy reaching for a onesie to dress the baby be like no uh
2: that's actually that divine onesie is actually for julie's puppet <laughs> what
1: that's for dummy julie and amy's like hey she's not that dumb and then brett's like we're doing it this is what i this is the magic
2: so what where is this now? So this, this is more of Dumbstruck uh, la- the ventriloquist. Yeah, later bit.
4: on in Dumbstruck, uh, I'm just showing you kind of, you know, things, you know, like like um um uh, like Wilma said there, you know, one one tip she gave was that the dummy can say things that she can't. That's like a you know a trademark of ventriloquism. Mm-hmm. Another trademark of ventriloquism that I learned from this documentary is is you gotta hustle. You really gotta be persistent with it. Um and this next uh event is Kim. And Kim uh went on a cruise. Uh she hadn't booked uh a act on the cruise, but she was like, maybe if I just go on the cruise, uh, I can get an I can get some stage time. Um, you know, on one. So she goes on the cruise with her dummies and is trying to get some stage time. And here's Kim. So hungry.
6: I got two hours of sleep. So I'm here on the cruise with my sister Lori. Wow, it's tiny We got the cheapest room possible, and our beds are very small. <laughs> This was a t- ton of work to bring it all on here. <laughs> so she has her crown. She's now a diva. I hated being in the bag. <laughs> Oh, I ain't got no body. I know, we'll change that in a little bit. Oh, good. I got a whole new outfit made. She had a breast reduction right here, yeah. <laughs> Everything is like kind of new on her. And now I can just totally look at her and see Desmeralda. I don't even see Bertha. I do a different voice with her now. Get me a real dining kinderly. We'll see about that. Hello. Great, great. You too. So I just went to the information desk and they paged Jimmy, the cruise director, to see if I could meet with him and talk to him about performing. Would it be possible to talk in person? Of course, that. I got a meeting. Hey, it's first step, step number one. <laughs> I just asked him, I said, I'm do this. I'm a professional ventriloquist. I'd like to break into the cruise ship industry. And first he said, no, right away. He said, the vice president is on the cruise and they just, everything is perfectly timed out and they just don't have any room for it. And I said, just a 10 minute opening. He's like, well, let me check and get back to you. So he's going to put a letter under my door.
1: (laughs) At first he was like, absolutely not.
2: And that, yeah, and that, her ventriloquism dummy is like, who do you say it looks like?
1: Oh, uh, m- me, because I have body and face dysmorphia. That's exactly what I think it look like. I think I look like a spitting image puppet meets a Shell Silverstein drawing. No. <laughs> I do, in my heart. I do believe that.
2: In my mind, because I also look in the mirror and, and have a, a have a monster looking back at me. I know mm-hmm. what that looks like and that's a mm-hmm. daily a thing. I see sure. uh I see kind of like a like Ralph Steadman uh kinda crossed with uh crossed with just like uh like a uh like a, a one of those spirographs. <laughs> like the things you do at a carnival. You're like, I painted uh-huh. a picture <laughs> By pouring paint on a spinning piece of paper.
1: That's <laughs> not still a thing at
2: state at carnivals and things. Is no, it?
1: they mostly just pick your pockets at this point. Yeah. And Kim's sister is there for her sister. But this is the one whose mom is like, you'll never get married. Meanwhile, if I looked like Kim, I could take up a way, 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 you know, less attractive hobby. And have any man at my feet?
4: Well, you guys both look fantastic. I don't know what you are talking about. And this is this, oh, this you're is sweet. You are sweet. Well, are you looking? You are
1: looking at the dummies.
2: <laughs> yeah, you are looking at the dummies.
1: Wait, Tom, let's duck out of frame for a second.
4: <laughs> like I said, you guys both look fantastic. I mean, you really, oh my gosh. This is a, a, an audio medium, but it shouldn't be, because you are just knocking it out of the park right now. Just a couple of matinee idols on the mic. I mean, just the, like almost a glow coming off of you both. Unbelievable. They're both waving, waving. like It's like a little mini parade just for me right now.
2: God. All right, I can't, even I can't take it. I'm going to throw up.
1: Okay, so the cruise director just slipped the so this letter is yeah Kim. They said they get back to her if, if she
4: could do her act, and she just Kim just got a letter slid under her door from cruise director. Let's see what it says.
6: Perform. Hmm. There is just no room in the schedule that allows it. Oh, really? Many apologies, and we hope you enjoy your cruise vacation.
0: Wait. So there's no
2: room for her to it's do her puppet show. It's gotta be the
0: fact that they're there's not letting her people on here
1: perform, and they don't know you from any other passenger. I though Tony. I mean, I offered
6: to you. do an audition today. I mean, they don't understand how much I want to perform. They obviously don't, um, or they would have given me five minutes.
0: Poor oh, things. <laughs> she didn't take a no for an answer, though. I, I, I would
4: the,
2: throw. The I'd throw printer. my puppet overboard. <laughs> I, mean,
4: I would not the cruise.
1: I'd. I would make a puppet of the cruise director, make eye contact with him, and yeah. then throw that puppet overboard.
2: It's a good idea. Yeah.
1: I mean, I will say like on behalf of the cruise like it isn't their responsibility to like every time a guest is like, "I can cook." Yeah. Like no, it's not exactly. They're probably not they're probably not insured for that.
2: Now, this is when we get into the Rudy of it all, where it's just like, I want to play football. Oh, you do? Are you good? No.
1: Wait, is this Rudy, the ventriloquist dummy from Funhouse?
2: I wish it was. I wish the movie Rudy was all about a ventriloquist dummy. Like, that's who my Rudy, that's who I look like.
1: Hey, Julie, it's me, Rudy, Funhouse.
0: (laughs) Don't
1: put the pimple in my mouth. I don't. Remember eating corn? <laughs>
2: your pub is very glamorous.
1: Zig Heil! No! No, dummy! No! That's not what we believe in! Well, well, the country's going to hell in a handbasket.
2: Where's my tiki torch? Maybe I could be my own tiki torch.
1: You mean light your head on fire?
2: Yeah, I show up at the thing. I I walk around on my own tiki torch.
1: Let's light both of our heads on fire.
2: Let's go to Charlottesville.
1: I don't want to be alive anymore.
2: Yeah, me neither. Our
0: puppets got suicidal so fast. Our
2: puppets are weird right-leaning.
0: Suicidal? (laughs)
2: They're, They're suicidal and... and
1: Hi. I drank too much
2: coffee.
0: <laughs>
1: Come on. Just one more line. I'm the best dancer in the
0: world. I love the... <laughs> I
2: love, I love the idea of in movies that there's clearly no cocaine on the planet that has ever made somebody go like this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait,
1: let's have our puppets both do a line of movie okay. cocaine. Okay, 2nd you're ready. Yeah. Okay, wait. Bat, wait Adam, let's okay. do some cocaine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here
2: he's what my guy is going to do some more.
0: <laughs> no,
4: no, no, no. Well, I think this is a perfect time to bring on a, a, a ventriloquism expert, Tom Ladshaw from the Vent Haven Museum uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, if you're in that area, you got to go to the Vent Haven uh, right now. I think they're doing renovations, but they're going to be reopening uh, uh, sometime next year. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we'll hear more of that. And Tom is going to give you a, a little tutorial. Now that you've gotten used to your dummies, Tom's going to give you a little tutorial on how to be professional vents. Get you well on your way to your new careers. Uh, So here comes Tom Ladshaw.
1: Wait, should we put our dummies down? Wait, hold on. Just eyes? I'm
2: putting mine down.
1: Okay, fine. Tom Ladshaw!
2: So exciting. How are you, Tom Ladshaw?
5: I'm great. How are you?
2: Very good. Thanks Thanks for taking the time. Now, we are... Rank amateurs interested in the art of ventriloquism, Mister Ladshaw, okay.
1: and you are a scholar and a gentleman, as is my understanding.
5: Well, at least half of that's true, <laughs> I, I think.
1: Tell us about um, what you do, and tell us about the uh, the the museum in Kentucky.
5: Well, uh, what I do right now, I've been pretty much semi-retired, but I performed for years as a full-time ventriloquist, traveled all over the world, uh, all types of venues, uh, and today I live in northern Kentucky. I live just a few minutes away from Vent Haven Museum Incorporated, the world's only museum dedicated to the art of ventriloquism, and, uh, and it's a great life.
2: That's amazing and you have earned the right to do that through your many years of dedication to the the art form.
5: Well, the, I've been a big supporter of the museum for years and I have been involved actually I I got my first ventriloquist puppet when I was only 5 years old. So I have been involved in this for a long time and I'm I'm not naming numbers but it's been about 55 years. Wow. wow. So uh Yeah. And it's only, I I wanted to do uh, two things with my life. When I was five years old, I used to watch Jimmy Nelson on Saturday mornings on the, on the Nestle commercials, Uh, Jimmy Nelson with Danny O'Day, his puppet and Farfel the dog. And I decided I wanted to be a ventriloquist and a magician. And that's pretty much what I've done with my life, such as it is.
2: (laughs) That's amazing. And you are, uh, you know, so much about the former yes. what,
1: what, what are some you're of the, and yeah. you're an historian as well
5: i am well i you know i'm one of those people who when i get interested in a subject i i want to know everything i can learn about it and so i wasn't content just to learn how to be a ventriloquist and and you know how to talk without moving my lips and get a puppet i wanted to know about the guys who came before me and the acts that were around before me and and because i wanted to try to do something original and it was then that I discovered, once I started buying old books and reading books and reading old newsletters, that ventriloquism has this incredibly rich history of all kinds of acts, not just not just the the prototypical guy with a dummy on his knee telling knock knock jokes, but it's it's so much deeper than that, and it goes back so much further than that. And there were there was a time in music hall in England when. A ventriloquist would have 25, 30 dummies on stage and do an entire act all by himself with all, all the dummies operating simultaneously, by the way. He, this wasn't one at a time where he would walk to one dummy at a time. He would have a, uh, a the, the famous ventriloquist, Fred Russell, uh, presented an act uh, where he did a courtroom scene with a judge and a jury and the, the, the prosecutor, everything. And he, he operated all of the dummies simultaneously from standing in one place. Wow.
1: Tom, we have dummies.
5: Okay. <laughs> yes, you too.
1: Will you teach us how to be ventriloquists?
5: I can teach you, I can give you the elements. You know, sure. there are several things that that uh there are several things that go into being a successful ventriloquist. One is speaking without moving your lips.
1: Teach us uh, how to one, do that.
5: Okay, we'll, we'll start with that. Um, there's what's called the ventriloquist alphabet. The ventriloquist alphabet is the standard alphabet, uh, except that we're, we're going to skip about five or six, maybe seven letters. Okay. And they're, they're the plosive letters. They're the hard ones. So uh, like B, that's hard to say. So we'll skip that for the moment, but... Let's get your mouth in position first. And, and everybody has a different mouth shape, so it's a little different for everyone. But here's the basic idea. You lightly part your teeth, maybe about a quarter of an inch apart, and rest your upper teeth very lightly on your lower lip. Okay? Now, so you can say A. 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 Right. A, skip B, go to C, C, D, C, D, D E. e. F, now we skip S. Wait, why, is Tom, F, why does
1: Tom look so different than I do? I'm doing like an D, overbite and he looks like he's doing an underbite.
5: Well, again, and everybody's mouth position is a little different because everybody's shaped a little bit different. But you're
1: telling me, OK, they're D, a little apart and then my my top D, teeth is tom stop this is not Uh, a competition my top teeth is going to my bottom lip like this
5: just a little bit like that like this okay okay but the important thing also is you want to look relaxed you don't want to look tense like this Uh, you you want to be relaxed okay so the the, plos- the plosives are B, F, M, P, V, W, and sometimes Y. Those are mm-hmm. the words we have trouble with, or the letters, sorry, that we have trouble with. And the trick to that is substitution. And what we'll do is we'll substitute a sound for B that sounds like B, but we can say it without moving the lips. And the easiest way to do this, most people just use the letter D. So instead mm-hmm. of saying boy, D. you would... You would no. say "doy," doy, Okay. Doi. doi. But, doi. So, that, so what doi. it sounds like you're saying doi. Is, is doi. So let's dress it up a bit. And the way we do that is uh, when you say the word the, notice how the tip of your tongue comes be- completely out between your teeth. The. Right. The. But if you said the and you keep the tongue and you curl the tip behind your upper teeth, the, it sounds right. like the. Lee,
0: Lee, Lee, So, Lee, Lee,
5: boy, 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 big boy.
1: That's right. Door, door, instead of saying uh, uh, uh,
0: uh, uh,
5: uh, left <laughs> hey, the building. Hey, 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 dread. Double. And out. then if, uh, for instance, the the letter F, we can't say F, so we say E T H F. And again, keep the tip of the tongue behind the teeth. F. 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 Forget it.
0: Forget it.
5: Forget Forget it. That's right. So the next one, uh, let's see, the next one would be M, as in mother.
0: So the letter we're going to substitute for
5: that will be N. But we're, yeah. we're going to treat it the same way we did the B and curl the tip of the tongue up yeah. behind the upper top two teeth. Mother.
1: N- mother. 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 Oh, mother. Oh, mother. Oh, mother. Mother, may I be. N- uh, you, you know, mother, I? You're doing may beautifully. I?
5: All right. So the next one is P, like Peter Piper. Now, this is the one a lot of ventriloquists like to show off with. And the easiest letter to substitute is the letter T, as in Tom. T. But again, we're going to do this trick with the, the tip of the tongue, but right behind the upper two teeth. I Tether, like
1: pancakes.
5: Like I like you pancakes for dinner. That's right. Pancakes. Pancakes. All right, so... P. Let's see. Next is V, as in Victor, and we'll do it the same way we did the V. We'll say the, the V, 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 v but, but keeping the tongue completely behind the teeth. V the, for Victor. Victor. V for Victor. V Victor. The, how do you do the R? R, R, R. R, oh, R. R. Oh. Well, most people don't. Most people don't have trouble with R's. What well, can I say? you just
1: met someone who does, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs>
5: no three. <laughs> so it's the last better. one would be W. Uh, w. And the, the most people for W, uh, they will and they don't actually say W, you know, unless you're reciting the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Uh, alphabet. But if it's a word like Quinn. Um, you'll just use an oo sound. oo oen boy oh yeah what oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh,
1: yeah. oh, yeah. and it's oh, yeah. the same
5: for the letter y oh, yeah. some people have trouble with the letter y and oh, yeah. you simply oh, yeah. you say oo
1: oh, i y y y why? Why are the pancakes free? Why? <laughs> right. Why? Why? Why can't I have
5: m- 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 more pancakes? Pancakes. I well, I think you good. That was very cake. good. Now, see, you're you're on your way now, now that you understand how to speak without moving your lips. Now it's just a few thousand hours of practice. Okay,
2: okay. well, let's do it.
5: If I and, eat
2: pancakes, and- I get diarrhea.
1: And if
0: I nice. don't
1: eat enough pancakes, I get suicidal.
5: <laughs> nice. God.
1: We've learned very quickly, Tom, that our yeah. puppets have psychological problems. As we've done <laughs> yes. more with them, they reveal things to us that mm-hmm. are dark. They
5: absolutely do. That, we've that noticed that. Often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have on more than one occasion been right in the middle of a script that I had done literally hundreds of times, and my partner, Stanley, will just take a complete left turn and go off script and start mm-hmm. something else. And Damn it's a little it's a little odd when it happens the first time, but it, it just means that you've finally gotten yourself compartmentalized enough that you can allow the, the dummy to kind of think a little bit on his own.
1: Mm-hmm. It's associate, is just
5: That's <laughs> right. And I think the, the most successful ventriloquists are those who who can do who can compartmentalize that well and and create a truly unique character. In the puppet, and of course, that's that's one of the other pillars of, of the foundation of the art is creating in your character a distinct character, distinct from your own, completely mm-hmm. apart from, your own, as well as a different voice apart from your own. Should you know, we name?
1: Yeah.
5: Once, once you see that, once you see a guy on stage and he speaks one way, the dummy speaks completely differently, maybe even with an accent, mm-hmm. and it's a different type character. You buy into that very quickly. You buy Ooh, la, into that, la, that split character.
2: Yeah. Tom, no, how it's, do you it's do amazing that, how yeah. quickly the illusion takes takes hold.
1: Tom, how do you it, do, it do really that thing is. where you where you drink water in the dummy talks?
5: Just like this. All you gotta do is keep talking like this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's
5: right. You just you want to be careful when you do that act not to drown. Hey, what's going on? So, hey, do I just on?
1: do I just pretend to drink the
5: water? Yeah. You do. Sometimes some people take a little bit of water into their mouth under their tongue, and some people don't. How dry I am. How dry I am. And of course, we're we're talking legitimate ventriloquism here. There are people who do tricks, there are trick glasses, yeah. and, and I'm sorry sure. to say there are guys out there who will who will bring their own mic to the venue with about an eight inch windscreen and they'll just hide behind that. They put their mouth behind that. You can't even see their mouth.
1: That seems like I would call shenanigans on. I would call
5: shenanigans. You should call shenanigans on that, but, but it's not new. That even, that goes back over a hundred years ago and into the ventriloquist a hundred years ago, It, it was very common for ventriloquists who weren't, as accomplished as others to grow very large mustaches and grow them down over the lips. Oh, that, that makes sense. a lot of oh, sense. very common
1: boy. Mm-hmm.
5: Very That's- common.
1: Well, do you think that it's easier now when everyone's wearing masks to do ventriloquism?
5: <clears throat> the pandemic has made pretty much everyone a ventriloquist, or everyone who yeah. wants to be one. Don't you mean the uh, don't you mean the tandemic? The tandemic. <laughs> well uh sure yes I got coronavirus
2: I got it three times I'm a super spreader
1: is this on is this on
5: it could um. be
1: can you throw your voice Tom do you well, know any of
5: those <clears> tricks sure throwing the voice is kind of an illusion and it, it's very easy to explain ventriloquism in and of itself, it is, is an audio illusion. You know, there's a, there's a trick to it. Like there's a trick to everything. And I'll give you the best example that there are two, two really good examples when you're outside and you hear a siren coming and you know, there's an ambulance on the way, you can't tell which direction it's coming from. And that's because your ears are not as accurate as your eyes. Mm -hmm. But the best example is when you sit at home and you watch television and you see the people on screen talking, you hear the sound coming from them. You know, the sound is not coming out of their mouths. The sound is coming from a speaker on the side of the television. But because you see their mouth movement in synchronization with that sound, your brain tricks your eyes into thinking, oh, yeah, or, and tricks your ears into thinking, oh, that's, that sound is coming out of the guy's mouth. And it's really not. So distant ventriloquism, what we call distant ventriloquism, or throwing the voice, is the same way. You can't actually throw your voice. Uh, physics says that's impossible. But what you can do is imitate the sound of a voice far in the distance. Okay. Hey, let me go to here. here. Oh, vent- that used to be a part I'm of every ventriloquist act. He I'm would talk to the man mine. up in I'm the attic. It hey, mine. how you doing down there? Or the guy down in the basement. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me up have you ever
2: seen that british comedian rob bryden do his man in a box
5: absolutely is that a similar technique like where he yes yes absolutely okay
1: do you know nina conti
5: i do know nina quite well she's very sweet and we've spent some time together do you know wilma schwartz i do know Wilma. how's she doing I don't know how she's doing at the moment. She has some medical issues, but okay. I, I haven't we, seen her. We hope <laughs> she she's used to well. come to the convention every yeah. year. I haven't seen her in a few years. Okay.
1: Well, hopefully there'll be, When is, is is there going to be a Vent Haven convention next year?
5: There will be. There was one this year after having missed last year. And, and uh, we're really looking forward to next year because the museum is actually in the process of building a new building. And so when the people wow. come to see the convention next year, they will be the first people to see the new Vent Haven Museum, Incorporated.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, what can is we, something
5: that you can found? We come?
1: That? Can we come?
5: Of course. You're always welcome. You uh, you come as my guest. Oh, that's, wow. that's
4: very kind. And I know you're currently ca- well, collecting well, donations. Sorry, Tom. You're currently collecting donations uh, for for the renovations as well. Is that right?
5: We are. Uh, people can, can go online, uh, venthaven.org and find out all about the museum and see what we're doing. And the collection was started uh, nearly 100 years ago uh, by a uh, Cincinnati businessman, and it grew. He passed away in 1972, at which time the mu- it became a, an official museum and open to the public. And in the last 50 years, we've doubled the size of the collection, and we were just out of room. And so it, it was time to build a new building. Tom, and why... It-
1: Tom, we're we're doing this interview around Halloween. Why do you think ventriloquist dummies are so scary to people? I don't think,
5: I don't think they are. Other people do. But
1: other people (laughs) do. Why do you think other people think they're scary?
5: Well, I think, I think it's a social phenomenon that was fueled very much by the twilight zone,
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
5: very much by the movie magic and by the other movies that have come out, you know, in the last 30 to 40 years, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it's you know some people say they have a fear of clowns, uh, maybe so,
0: mm-hmm.
5: um, but certainly with the dummies, uh, they can be a little intense to see one up close. Uh, you know, if, as long as you have that distance, I think they're they're much more agreeable. Uh, kids, have you ever slept? Think,
1: have you ever slept in the museum?
5: I've never slept in the museum. All right. I, I would
1: I've never not do I'm not scared admit, of them. You want to raise money. To you want to raise money. Or no, I guess you'd give way money
5: You'd be like, well, I have stay to stay overnight were, uh, and
1: then you win a thousand. Whatever. Sorry. Go ahead.
5: You have to knit. No, what you have to I say uh, a few times at the convention, maybe I've nodded off during some acts, but mm-hmm. I've never. Spent oh, no. <laughs>
2: Tom. Now, Tom, Tom, what is something that you found yourself being surprised that your dummy said, "Was there, have you been truly surprised?" Like, like, where'd that come from? Like, it, where you actually got that dissociative
5: uh, thing going on? And I, I truthfully, I, I can't think of a of a of a specific instance mm-hmm. offhand, but it's happened many, many, many times when you, you know. Obviously, I know the I know the punchline of the joke. I know what's mm-hmm. coming. And he comes up with an entirely different one. And I, I know that sounds goofy. It sounds freaky. It sounds like, what's wrong with you people? But <clears throat> the, the truth is, ventriloquism is like music. It's, it's, it's like jazz. It's playing an instrument. When you're working with your puppet, you're, you're playing a musical instrument. Mm-hmm. And people who've played, who've put in that 10,000 hours playing the instrument, uh, they improvise and they come up with things that they'd never played before. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens when you're a ventriloquist. If you've put in that time, the character is a part of you. You know the character inside and out. He's liable to say something you didn't expect, but it's going to be in character. You know, mm-hmm. and obviously mm-hmm. that's the most important yeah. thing. And, and it does happen. And I think it happens probably to most ventriloquists. There's nothing creepy about it. It just, it just happens.
1: Can you do a little bit of of your routine, Tom? Or is that is that too much to ask? Do
5: you have a dummy near you that you can you can? No, it's that's been a long time. It's honestly I I haven't performed, I guess, in the last couple of years since way before the pandemic started. But it's like riding a bike,
1: uh, isn't it? I'll bet you get a dummy on your hand and you're right back to where you
5: were when you were five years old and you well, passion for it. Right. That's the other thing. It's 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 very interesting. It is very tactile based. It's, it's tough for me to sit here and, and do voices and do this and do that, but hand me the dummy, and mm-hmm. he takes on life. Yeah. And, I, and again, I think that's the way with most ventriloquists. I mentioned Jimmy Nelson earlier. He recorded some uh, instructional albums for ventriloquists, and I asked him one time if he had the, the dummies there at the recording session, and he looked at me like I was crazy, and he said, well, of course. So Otherwise, how, how would mm-hmm. I have gotten their voices?
1: Who's yeah. this Mortimer, who's,
5: that's who, true. Yeah. Who's this Mortimer Snurd? Mortimer uh, Snurd was the kind of prototypical goof character, you know, a, a dumb, slow-witted country boy. I won't say dumb; he was slow-witted. Uh, he was a creation of Edgar Bergen, who's probably the father of modern ventriloquism mm-hmm. in the United States. Uh, Edgar's most famous character creation probably was Charlie McCarthy. And Mortimer Snurd was uh, the country bumpkin.
1: And Charlie and, McCarthy, uh, what was his deal? He had a monocle.
5: He had a monocle and he top was, hat. He was always dressed very, very spiffy. And he was like, he was like, I'm better than you. Uh, he was very smart. He was the the, the prototypical smart aleck. He was mm-hmm. well, it, years ago uh, in the 1920s, 1930s. If you ordered a ventriloquist dummy, you ordered the fresh Irish kid. And that was Charlie McCarthy. He was the fresh Irish kid, just like Paul Winchell had Jerry Mahoney, his mm-hmm. fresh Irish kid. And yeah. Jimmy Nelson's fresh Irish kid was it's, Danny O'Day.
1: It's interesting, historically, considering how actual Irish people are treated in this country.
5: Well, and it's, it's maybe it's not surprising. You know, those, the, the, the thing is, those kids, though, the Irish kids were always very enterprising. They were the newsboys.
1: Oh, sure. uh, they were the
5: kids who were out sweeping the street for you know extra pennies oh, here. You're and not there. gonna
1: catch me. You're not gonna catch me saying Irish people aren't hardworking. I might say it.
2: <laughs> That's how it goes. There it is. Of to say it. With um Danny, Danny O'Day is the oh. the one that is. Kind of the the standard dummy that is available for so many, like entry level ventriloquist dummies, is a classic Danny O'Day doll.
5: He is. There's uh the, there's a, a doll company who makes uh, a Danny O'Day doll, and those have been available since 1964, mm-hmm. and they're still selling. But you know, the same company also makes a slappy dummy. If you want a slappy, you can get a slappy. What's a slappy? Uh, from, uh, that's the one from, uh, uh Goosebumps. Okay. And, and that's very popular, mm-hmm. but today, Jeff Dunham, uh, he, he's produced his own dummies. He has mm. a little Jeff. because oh, He doesn't have enough money. Right. Because <laughs> it, it is a dummies actually very nice because not only does it have the moving mouth, but it has the moving eyes. It's, it's very okay. nicely made. Yeah. You know, they're out there. The, the beginner puppets are out there and this is actually for ventriloquist dummies, this is kind of a golden era. There are more guys making really? ventriloquist dummies today than there mm. have probably been ever. You yeah, where, that? where do right. I
4: find those guys? Uh, because uh these are these are starter dummies. And can
1: we get a and can we get a discount if you meant if we mention you, Tom? Uh,
2: sure, <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. 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 Yeah, like I heard suddenly, suddenly some of you had you had more problems with that than you did with the 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 the, the D's and the and the peas right. had more problems saying yeah you get it he had a problem with the d discount
5: that's right Um uh, uh yeah you can uh you can go online you can just google ventriloquist dummy and well tom, and, tom of-
1: and brett you guys can all you could table that on um, your you know but okay. we we'll talk we'll talk off, off, have a off air
5: conversation
1: yeah, yeah. But now, we, we've got it yeah go ahead who's Tommy. like
2: a, we, we're gonna wrap up we know you we, you know we it's a, we appreciate you taking the time. Who is an up and coming ventriloquist artist that,
5: that you are excited about anybody come to uh, mind. Well, you know, the young lady who won America's got talent just a couple of years ago, uh, Darcy Lynn farmer is amazing. And she's, I think she just turned 14 or 15 and she's a wow. kid, but her presence is beyond her years. Her technique is beyond her years. Uh, she's fantastic. Uh, and she's she's going to be a force to contend with. But one thing I have to say, every year at our convention, at the Ventriloquist Convention, we have a thing called Junior Vent University. And we encourage young people to come. And every year we have 30 to 40 beginning ventriloquists. And some of the talent out there is truly scary. It's just it's amazing. How accomplished these kids are mm-hmm. because they, you know, they they are growing up watching YouTube. We didn't have that when we were kids. We grew up watching Jimmy Nelson for thirty seconds twice on Saturdays, once a week.
0: Mm-hmm. You
5: know, we're just, they can get on YouTube and watch ventriloquists all day long, and they just soak that stuff up. Yeah, studying the they whole history of technique. the form. Yeah, they they develop technique, good technique, so fast. It's amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: That's really cool that that. that. That something is as as, as uh, that's been around for as long as it has has this new generation of of enthusiasts, and it's it's going to go to new places and more,
1: and more girls doing it, right, Tom?
5: Many more girls, and that's that's kind of a funny story I have to tell you that that we have so many people will come to the museum and the convention now. They've seen, for instance, they saw Darcy Lynn win America's Got Talent. Well, they come to the convention, and these little kids think. Darcy Lynn invented ventriloquism and so they discover once they come to the museum they come to the convention oh it's this whole world it's not Mm -hmm. just her people have been doing this for years yeah
0: it's really amazing it's
5: so great to it's so great to see them discover that and realize uh, what a rich art form this really is yeah
2: no it's it's really exciting and look you gave us the the entry-level instruction here it's on us now to 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 run with it and to to do what these kids are doing and us we have to study and put our time in or we could just buy giant windscreens and um be terrible at it and so the
5: the choice but is we'll ours right now. We'll see you right at Van
1: Haven either way. We'll take you up on that if we, if you if you are really going to
5: be Yeah, that's your guest. very exciting. I love that. I'm looking forward to it. Well,
2: thank well, you. Thank yeah. you, Tom. seriously, thank you for your time. This was a total blast
5: my pleasure anytime
0: good die
5: goodbye
1: <laughs> here we are well we did it end of show oh yeah
4: just google it yeah that, that's yeah that's great you yeah. right. <laughs> hey guess what you can go back and the.
1: Go in here, a little coffin, Miss yeah. Julie. No, we we're to, it's
2: it's not that easy. I'm telling you right now. I'm gonna get good at this ventriloquist dummy. I'm gonna be I'm so gonna, good. I'm gonna be. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna blow, blow you little. When I the Now this is a lot of fun. Thank you, Brett, for these uh Brett, These these dummies, dummies
1: are amazing and <sighs> yeah. we appreciate I them tried, so guys. much. No, you I did great. Thank you you thank did you. so I great. That. We're mm-hmm. so happy with you.
2: No, real. This that was fun. We got ventriloquist dummies. The work is 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 uh I need to do this and we do the, the work.
1: We do the work, we do the work.
2: We do the work we I know there ain't no shortcuts. No. Or there are I, like,
1: I do like that he's blaming the Twilight Zone for them being creepy though. Yeah. It's Rod Sterling's fault. It was like yeah. a thousand years ago. Yeah, there's people well, who think they're creepy without ever having seen the like. Also, there were like twelve Twilight Zone episodes based around dummies. Like they yeah. clearly hit a nerve. It wasn't I, just I, like
2: I just hope one thing. I just hope is that there ain't no ventriloquist dummies on any upcoming episodes of the premise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is the premise? Ventrilo- by the way, Benji-
2: what B J Novak? B J Novak doing uh, doing his take DJ, on ven- DJ no DJ DJ um, Momac.
1: What is the premise of the premise? Tom? What um, did you say? So what, what did you call that show again?
2: Hack Mirror. It really is an anthology series. It's an anthology series from, from the mind of BJ Novak. And uh, take that as you will. Um,
1: well, this was a Killer diller of a show.
2: He really was a killer biller of a show. Well, B is a hard hard one.
4: So uh, next week, this is very exciting. This is, I mean, we're just like, Crossing off so many things that were have been long in the making here on Double Threat, uh, and one of those things is the uh, the the uh, International Chili Championships that are being held in Terlingua, Texas uh, next weekend. Um, and uh, I know we've joked about this, but it is very—I am going. That is very real. I'm going to Terlingua next weekend for this, uh, and I think as as part of that, I'll be there on Saturday when we normally record. So what we want to do is do our very first uh, Double Threat live stream. Uh, this is very exciting. You can actually uh, join the recording. Be with us live while we're recording the episode. Um, Tom in LA, Julie in New York, uh, me in Terlingua. And then hopefully we might have some guests stopping by as well. Who knows? We're going to have a a lot of fun with it. Uh, It's going to be a total blast. Um, And you can join that live stream. by going to uh, doublethreatterlingua.eventbrite.com, that's doublethreatterlingua.eventbrite.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, tickets are ten dollars. It's gonna be, it'll be well worth the money, though. It's gonna be a, a, a total blast. It'll be a lot of fun, um, and, and you be could a-
1: probably like chat with us during the event. Like you, you like tell us to, to tell Brett to say things like how, like Larry Bud Melman. It'll be stuff.
4: interactive. There'll be a chat. It'll just be a big fun hang, uh, and you can do it live with us. Um. Uh, so go to doublethreatterlingua.eventbrite.com for
2: tickets and we'll see you next Saturday for that that sounds great and thanks to our guests today to Terry Fader and to uh,
1: Tom Ladshaw
2: Tom Ladshaw thank you
1: and we uh, hope you had a happy Halloween and we'll, we'll see you next week
2: sounds good thanks everybody
1: bye bye
3: forever <laughs> dog